I use it? Plat chat episode oh 168. It's episode 168, Joss. Why, why, why are you upset? Why are you upset? Why Joss? am I upset? Because you press live as soon as I was freaking out because you're not using the plugin I sent you because you said it looks fishy. It's not redline malware or anything, bro. Just fucking, you just drag and drop into your OBS folder. I don't know. You can it's instantly like some... go live on YouTube and Twitch at the same time. Some like dots. It sounds like ransomware. Yeah. That's ransomware. Trying to hack my PC, get hold of all the plat chat what, revenue. What? He, he wants your rank 14 wow account. account. Yeah. That's what he wants. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Your grand Marshal fucking wow account, yeah. I wonder if I can. No, I can't sell that. I mean, I'll get banned <laughs> from everything I do. <laughs> Overwatch podcast. Can I sell I a just wow can't, account? Just can't admit it, that's all, you know. Yeah. Just can't no, say it publicly. Because people used to do that all the time. Uh, yeah. So obviously I couldn't do that because I'd literally just like... Never be associated with Blizzard again. But yeah, a big, a big trouble with Big Blizzard. But I wonder. He says, "But," and now he's looking up. Wow, classic account um, for sale. Look, I'm just curious. I'm just curious, bro. Oh my god! I'm just saying, you know, esports winter. You know, if if shit goes down, you know, you you gotta take drastic measures. I'm I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, that's true. If esports, if Overwatch League crashes, if you want my Overwatch account, I have Pink Mercy. Yo, hit me up. Yeah, I'll give you the goods. I'll need it. How much is Throw Machine? Yeah, Throw Mobile. Yeah, Throw Mobile. Sorry. Sure, you don't want Dildo Mum. It's a, it's a much better account. Dildo Mum is a classic. Not, not a banned battle tag, by the way. It hasn't been name changed yet, so a rare one. You guys want to talk about the Grand Prix? Well, John is literally selling his WoW account right now, so uh, I mean, let's yeah. talk about something. Yeah. Like that. Guys, you guys want to talk about you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't do that anymore. I just want to see how long we can delay talking about Overwatch, so yeah, that the people yeah. watching the premiere get mad. No, I can't believe Max Verstappen is going to win again. That's crazy. Yeah, so Red Bull start this year. Woo! What dude, a good start, yeah, hey? Yeah, what a good dude. start. I actually, it, it's funny because whenever I listen to other podcasts, that is like. When I listen to the podcast that I like to listen to, whenever they start talking about Formula One, I just tune it off. And now we're gonna start talking about Formula One on my podcast. But this is not this is not great for viewers. Uh, I'm gonna have to timestamp this or something. But yes, I did see. I don't know if you guys saw the crazy stat that he's won like 75 percent of the last 15, 20. 20 yeah. yeah, and like wow. not even Lewis Hamilton did that. So it's just been dominant. It does feel like it's automatic at this point. He just wins. Best right. driver in the best car. Should be happening. Yeah. But I'm glad that's, Honda, man. But that's wow, Fernando Alonso, the 42-year-old stuck up for all the, all the old guys. <laughs> for the old heads, yeah. We still have a chance, Johnny. If Fernando Alonso can do it, we can do it. Yeah, and, you know, it, it was funny as well how it was, like, at the end, like, this is a beautiful car to drive, guys. Yeah. This is a beauty. <laughs> Just, like, so happy. Just, like, so content after being known as, like, one of the biggest complainers in the, you know, the... Yeah, anyway. Uh, well, it, was, it turned out to be me who was talking about Formula 1 and no one else did really a lot of talking, but it was, yeah. it was a fun first race. The new season of Star to Survive was pretty fun as well, so. Yeah, I just finished watching it, so that's why I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, Dude, I'm locked we in need, already. We need, we need, like, episode 2 with, like, the principal meeting, when, like, they started bitching oh, like yeah. there was a class. Like, we, we need that. Like, just get all the Overwatch League GMs in one room and just, like, start, start ranting about stuff. Blame each other. This, that's oh, the drama. This is the best such... podcast of all time. Holy shit. Just uh, 17 people trying to fuck, 20 people trying to fucking talk over each other about how their team has it the fucking worst. God. No, I, 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 I like the podcast. real drama that happens and, you know, they're all like yeah. knives out trying to backstab each other and shit. You know. Oh, in this guy was in Formula One. In Formula One. Okay. 
But I'm saying it'd be fun. It'd be fun if it was happening at Overwatch. It's just that's just a waste because if it's happening and we're not recording it and it's not content, then why are they doing it? You know? Why do you do as a joke, guys? Come content. on. Huh? Why do you do anything if not for content? Exactly. A wise man once said exactly. that. Exactly. This Who is. Uh... I think that was Sun Tzu in the Art of War. I think. <laughs> why go to war if not for content? <laughs> If not for like content. if you didn't if it's not on a youtube video did it happen <laughs> exactly if it didn't go live on tiktok uh this is the closest we got to uh to uh to gm drama last week it's roston we care a lot more about overwatch and dynasty yeah that's <laughs> so oh, yeah, by the end of the year we can be a team you respect oh did you see do you see roston's follow-up tweet which is a joke he just did the Soul Korea, Soul Korea thing yeah. with the with the Infernal jersey and with the yeah. Dallas jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's got a horrendous post arc, and I love he's, that. He's, he's <laughs> got his knives be... out for for Dynasty this year. Yeah. That might be a sick storyline going into the season, like for real though. Like, who is the Soul team? Like the bat we had, like the battle for Texas. Now we have the battle for Soul, but it's just Roston in a fucking cage match with Arnold. Yeah, like uh, ready to, <laughs> to duke it out. Who is the the Soul team? It's genuinely a fantastic rivalry for the Overwatch League. But as someone else on Reddit put it, it's like unless Inferno like win the league, like I'm not going to consider them like the premier. Korea yeah. team. It's just, it's like literally the same in other sport as well. It's like the Lakers and the Clippers. It's like, oh, Clippers is the number one LA team in basketball. Like, no, it's just, uh, no, it's it's the Lakers. I'm sorry. Hey, what? Like, it's... Infernal, <laughs> Infernal at least got a team. It's just profit on, on Dynasty right now. No one knows who the hell else is on Dynasty. Can we talk about that, by the way? But fucking, I saw Miss Liz's tweet the other day about like, what the fuck's happening? Like, no talent announcement. Pro-Am starts in two and a half weeks. So the teams have Let's just do no the talent players, announcement like, here. Dude, who's on this here? Should we just do the talent announcement now? Let me just open my emails up again real quick. Don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 don't bring the emails up. It's just announced people don't exist. Um, we have Michael Schumacher, uh, ex-Formula One driver. He's going to be uh, casting with um, fucking, I don't know. What's uh, he doing, by the way? Is he still in a coma? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is he? Well, oh, okay. usually okay. once you're in there, okay. it's hard to get Didn't out of that. that. It's like getting out of like a cave or something like, yeah, when well, you're in a coma, well, it's pretty with hard his, to get out. With what, well, with Try his harder. situation, he's not coming out of it, you know, which okay. is sad, I, but yeah. I used to look this up because I used to watch Michael Chin. He was like my favorite driver back. Yeah, like, you should look that up. Jack. I, yeah, it's I literally not, had his banner in my room. I used to be a huge Formula One kid. Oh my God, what? Yeah, I used to have a... Dude, that's so fucking sad. What the fuck? It, it's actually, I, I, I found this immediately very interesting. Like, if this was a forest episode, I'd just do a deep dive on, like, how do comas work? Because I genuinely have no idea. No. Like, yeah, I, if you told me that it was RNG, if you work up, I would be like, yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, RNG. dude, I had a poster of his car in my room as a child. Yeah. I had, like, a banner. What? It was, like, all the world uh -huh. championships he won. Well, it was, like, six or something, like, 98, 99, 2000. Was him well, and I Felipe Massa for comment. Formula One. I, uh, See, I guess it's me. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, That's there you go. True. Yeah. I hope he turns out okay. Uh, David Coulthard on Mercedes, you know. I think good oh, old. David Coulthard, yeah. Yeah, Jason Button. Woo. I can just rattle off all the names. Uh, did you Did you like really when Michael Schumacher and, and David Coulthard had that fight? We should have that in Overwatch League. Like I don't players, that. players should physically yeah. assault each other. Yeah. Yeah. Player fight. We need, we need Sorry, that out. already that already happened two years ago. My bad. Um, but I mean, like to this year. 
What? <laughs> what combat are we talking about? What physical altering? Are we going MMA? MMA? Oh, we boxing? MMA, MMA. I mean, we were talking about MMA. the boxing thing for a long time now. Um, they did do, you know, they did do the streamer thing, which was like the the chess boxing thing. Yeah, Ludwig oh, actually oh, pulled that. Chess boxing right. was super good. That was, yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was a good event. I, I, you know, I've I've been trying to get Matt to fight me at the grand finals this upcoming <laughs> year or at blizzcon we'll see we'll see if it goes because i you know i got the reach but matt has the the high kicks you know that we've all seen so. he the does high, have a dude yeah 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 his, his high kicks are surprisingly so high yeah yeah that's He's, the, uh, on the streets of toronto he almost knocked out a woman walking along along the road yeah he, he has some odd form though because he does like the frontal like frontal kick he doesn't you know do a twist or anything it's just a front front up kick that's deadly man yeah knock your teeth out yeah. yeah. I, I, had a, I had a classmate when I was in elementary school, like fourth or fifth grade. Whenever we got into fights, he would do the same thing. But I, it was such a great exploit because I could just grab his leg and then he'd be fucked. Because he just, he'd just throw it up and I'd be like, all right, I'll grab his leg and now I got like a grip on you. And I, you know, I, I got a strategy then. Okay, I'm good to go. I'm yeah. ready for the, the playoffs now. <laughs> He's ready. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, um, I, look, I don't give a fuck. I'm, go I'm going to take a bit of a deep dive on this, on this boxing chess thing, right? There's okay, no way on. you're going to extend this intro, Johnny. Okay. There's no all right. way. All right, I won't. I won't. I, I had something planned up, but I'll save it for some other podcast, all right? And, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, I have all my, I have all my rants podcast? written down on a little notepad list on my phone. How many podcasts are you on, dude? Yeah, how many podcasts are you on, Johnny? Oh, uh, you got you to prep the segments. Us? You got to prep the rants. You know, it, they don't just come out of, you know empty air like you gotta give some time you gotta think you gotta you're giving away trade secrets right now <laughs> stop please stop uh, oh, oh the trade secret is thinking every... yeah the trade secret yeah, no, i actually think about past. what i say joss that's yeah, that's exactly. the trade secret giving away the yeah. trade secrets I, I tried for a while not thinking it didn't work out people just got upset all the time um <laughs> that was peak 2020 when johnny said boyd was overrated holy shit yeah uh, before going to Overwatch, you guys wanted to talk. Th this was the biggest surprise for me this morning. You guys wanted to talk about Counter Strike Two. Yeah, what? What? No. this is a, this is a Let's big thing it. in the industry. I'm gonna spend half an yeah. hour on this. Let's do yeah. it. All right. Get, after our very very popular episode last week, where we gave the full lecture on esports economics and how the teams should be financially <laughs> stable, let's dive into this one. How the esports scene, the general esports scene, will be impacted by the by the renewal of interest in Counter-Strike 2 as a premier esport. I say that like it's dead. It's literally like probably the it's still the biggest esport. It's still esport. a huge esport. They, they it's still peaked. Peaked. Like, well, I'm pretty sure large, they peaked yeah. in player base like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Like it's yeah, still did, just yeah. like the number one game. And now they're this would be like, This would be like if League of Legends, who's already at the top, is like, let's just make LOL 2. And they're like totally unnecessary, but they'll just do it anyway. No, but I, I think uh, for Valve, they, you know, this is this is their counterpunch for against Valorant because it's like, well, Valorant's taking a lot of players, taking a lot of attention, the tax shooter space. CS:GO is a real old CS:GO now. It's like, oh, is it ten years old? It's over, it's really old. Really over say. ten, right? It's CSGO. really old. My point, it's it's fucking old, ancient. Not quite as old as Alonso, but really old. Years. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's this is calculated business, but it's time to, it's time for Valve to take back some of their players. Yeah, and like I, I'm sure I can speak for a lot of people as well. Of like, I play CS:GO, I play it every now and then. But one of the biggest uh, drawbacks of the game is just the anti-cheat's pretty bad. It feels like there's a cheater in like every second game. Uh, the matchmaking's pretty poor, and the tick rates, uh, and the tick rates, it's and so just annoying. like the way that the servers run, like it's just it's just kind of annoying. If they can 
take everything. They don't even have to change Counter-Strike. They just put it in the new source engine. They put a good matchmaking in and then they do the marketplace how they're currently doing it. People love that shit, even though it's like pretty much gambling and should be illegal. If they put all of those things together, people will go back and it'll rise even more than it has because people have thought CSGO is going to die forever. You know, when Valorant was coming out, people were like, this will replace Counter-Strike. But as as Johnny said, they, ha- they hit peak uh, unique players few weeks ago for the first time so it's like well kind of hard to argue with the success it's a popular game especially in europe and uh south america oh it's unbelievable in europe it's it's nuts and it always has been i i I think it's pretty interesting because i think around like the time of like 2015 16 something like that like when esports really started to blow up you know when lcs led the way pretty early i'd like to say I, i I don't want to say led the way because obviously Counter-Strike is like the original, you know, it's in many ways like that and StarCraft 1 are like the original esports games with Quake and all this stuff. But around like 2013, 14, about the time like LCS really got going, esports kind of like started this boom that led to like the Overwatch League and like where we are. And at that time, one of the biggest things when it came to like the mainstream discussions was that like, oh, it's too violent, you know, like the guns are too obvious, like grenades and all this stuff like you can't make cs counter-strike like the biggest esport because it just won't hold up like publicly like with the general audience like parents are not going to allow their kids to like go to an event to watch people like shoot guns and like stuff like that like it's just not going to be the mainstream in certain states maybe in certain states maybe but i feel like i honestly feel like and i don't know if i've been americanized or something but i feel like people are generally more okay because people have learned to sort of like separate the game from real life and when it comes to watching counter-strike i i I feel like people are just like more okay with it in in the sense of like um you know the general like public and like they understand it it's just a game it's fine and so i i I feel like counter-strike is like really set up now for just like mainstream like being like this fantastic kind of esports experience and there won't be a lot of like oh, yeah. criticism like that that will hold up um tons of studies like back that up as well i i, I believe oh my god i should not have said that because i was just completely from my ass but tons of studies guys tons of studies <laughs> back no. i i actually I, why did I get that from? Uh, I might just have lied on the podcast about uh, literal science. Uh, <laughs> this whole podcast, I mean, that's fine. But yeah, I, I feel like Counter-Strike uh, 2 is in a fantastic spot to just like, you know, make the most in esports. Um. <laughs> I mean, it's the desensitization of uh, media over many years, right? I mean, if you look back at like banned PS2 games back in the day, like Manhunt, etc., like original Xbox, PlayStation 2 games, those games would be fine now. Completely okay. Like saw exists you know even though it's a bit clowny and a bit comedic like still the act of like sawing someone in half and shit like that like people just kind of like okay like it's whatever it's just uh, as time goes on people do get as desensitized uh over time which you know is a for good or for bad there are definitely good aspects of that and bad aspects but uh, By the way. at the same time, it allows a bit more like expression in like media. And I think that, I think that's a really interesting topic, Johnny, definitely not something to go into on this podcast or it uh, looks like we are going into it, but I got a question. Yeah, how like Counter-Strike is like back then, it's like terrorists, like obviously terrorists, pretty bad thing overall, I say, I don't think that's a hot take at all, but yeah. like- I kind of like that. the attackers and defend labels <laughs> instead. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? Like they've kind of morphed in a way. They've morphed their language in a way. I feel like over the years to say like attackers and defense, or even like CT and T. 
like just to get that word out of the way completely. Um, and I think, yeah, it's, and Counter-Strike is a, a very good example of that, how like times do evolve and change, like, and uh, calling attackers, uh, attackers and defenders and stuff. I think that's very okay. But I think Counter-Strike, like you said, has always been popular in Europe. When I was in fucking Ukraine casting contenders back in 2018, 2019, that's the, we were in this like um, PC bung basically. Um, and Ukraine, I don't think, I don't know the percentage of people that have home PCs, but this place was fucking full all the time. What two games were played there? Fucking CS and World of Tanks. Like that was it. <laughs> that was the only games that will play there. Maybe you see something else every now and then, but like, God damn, is CS still popular in Europe? It is crazy. I'd like to see the market share between that and Valorant, so, to be honest. Like, naming conventions and blood effects and violence aside, which I think you could just, if that's an issue, they could just add a toggle for that. Uh, I mean, the broadcast can do stuff about that. China they that, that don't, don't you know? Like, when um, you, you killed someone yeah, and yeah, there's just like, like the animation and like lie down yeah. with like hands on yeah, the head. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no blood. I, I mean, PUBG as well. They're the, the green blood. It's just playing paintball. But in any case, <laughs> do you think CS2 even changes the gameplay? Is it? Am I crazy? I think it's like the reverse know. Overwatch 2, where like Overwatch 2, graphically, pretty much Overwatch 1, I think they updated the, the engine in some way, but you can't tangibly see the difference the gameplay is different i mean depending on who you ask a really casual person is like this is the same game and an overwatch player is like this is a very different game but you look at cs their gameplay is so hallowed that i don't think they should even change it i think cs2 might just be a legitimate graphical update with a server update matchmaking update fix their ranked um fix all the extraneous stuff around the game because the core gameplay is solid like they actually don't need to touch that like i i almost think if they change the gameplay it'll make the game worse or like have the risk of making the game worse so should it just be the reverse of watch 2 where like leave the gameplay alone and just do the other stuff i, I don't I know think... how much the source engine though is going to impact that gameplay though right so. yeah just change the guns as well i think if they updated the gun names to like more modern guns and stuff like that i think that'd be a cool thing and like what, but like really? don't change the core gun gameplay right like you should you just still have an name you you should, yeah just change the name like you know you like just yeah, well, like Poor I Vandals. think it's, yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's like just update it like across the board. I agree. Don't change any core fundamental gameplay. It hasn't been broken for what? How long has CS been around at this point? Like twenty five years. It hasn't been broken for twenty five years. Yeah, it just don't works. change it now, right? It yeah, just don't, works. Don't it's a fun it. game. It it's a fun casual mode. Just do it. Make it everything better and sort of like shout out to Kazakhstan, by the way. Look at that bar. Look at that uh compare breakdown by region. That's crazy. One of the, uh, going crazy. One of the criticisms of Counter-Strike okay. compared to a game like Valorant is that it's hard to get into compared to a game like Valorant. So that's something that Valve need to fix if they yeah. want to really compete with Valorant, because it's uh it's got a way bigger learning curve. And I, I think Go on, go on, go on. Uh, sorry, I was just going to say, like, the, the the reason we're bringing this up, uh, like, if you're like, why are they talking about this? The reason this is important is this will have a pretty uh, interesting effect on, like, esports as a whole, because CS has been a game that a lot of people have been moving away from with Valorant and that kind of stuff. I don't think it will affect Overwatch that much, but, like, this will this game will be a big deal uh, in the gaming space. Will uh, Baby Bay move again? <laughs> well, he's originally a CS, CS guy, and he got yeah. back. Is he didn't going? He? Is he, didn't he get going? Is he going sure he full circle back to like CS? A long, long time ago. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What's the blue? What's top right this of is, the US? Uh, what blue state? Vermont. Yo, Maine loves Valorant. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no,
this is crazy. Except for Maine. Except for Maine. like 50-50, right? The most Maine are 50, different. 50? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know how this is calculated, but we trust Google Trends. But like, look at this chart. Like the past 12 months for Valorant versus Counter-Strike in the US. Pretty big I mean, difference. You know, this okay, is like you know what? 75, 100, and Counter-Strike hovers around like 25. Can you throw Overwatch in there? I don't oh, want yeah. to. I don't want to. No, 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 just don't watch. No, I watch too. No, no, I watch. Oh, oh look at this! Oh, oh, oh shit! Look at oh no, it's declining. Oh god. Oh god. This is what happened, guys. This is what you did. We're not bad. Yeah, not bad. Take away the two. Take away the two. Just but Overwatch. What are you serious, bro? Yeah. Yeah. Man's doing math. Why? Do we, we're about to fall oh! off a cliff. Oh. I fucking knew it. Dude, wow. no one searches Overwatch 2. It's fucking Overwatch. No one yeah. get, and over, also, yeah. you can put Overwatch and then space rule 34. So, like, you got to count Oh, you got to count that into the thing there, you know? You can't this put Overwatch. So Jack's, Jack's, trying to, Jack's trying to make this chart look like Mount Everest by putting dude, rule 34. This is <laughs> actually crazy, this peak here. Yeah. yeah. Like, because these are relative scores. The most searched for Overwatch. It's almost like it's like eight times more than Valorant, like at that time. That is yeah. unbelievable. Like, sh show it by the state breakdown. The I want to know which states love California. What is going Kansas. on? Let's go. Wait, yeah, where is California? Oh, oh wait, 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 California is red. Counter Strike. Oh, okay. Oh, Overwatch. No, Overwatch Why is Wyoming. Wyoming? Yeah. Miss <laughs> Kentucky. Shout out to Wyoming. Why don't we have a, like, why don't we have a franchise from Wyoming? Look. Interest <laughs> yeah, so clearly high. there's interest there. <laughs> Someone said it's seven times more. Look, man, I, I eight is almost seven. I if we're doing on the spot <laughs> math, I was pretty close, all right? Johnny's was... just throwing misinformation out left and right. What the fuck? This podcast. Oh my god. Hey, this study that I read somewhere, I don't fucking know where. <laughs> wow. I mean, honestly, pretty impressive, to be honest. Quite impressive. Again, I thought it was going to be a disaster. Up, I'm not gonna but, lie. Um, I don't know why I'm in Stumer. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, stop doomering. Yeah, I need to stop doomering. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's interesting. I mean, uh, <laughs> it, it, uh, one thing I'll add is like I don't know if you guys saw some of the highlights from the the, the French tournament. Um, the, the French Overwatch community, they organized a You're tournament about with Overwatch some now? of the countries. Yeah, I'm talking about Overwatch. They organized okay, a tournament. Okay, well, it was a good half an hour little, yeah, yeah, little tie radio. I'm, I'm happy with that. And uh, they, yeah. they organized an Overwatch tournament, inviting some of the different European countries. Denmark ended up winning with Shockwave, Kelex, Doge, uh, a, a few others. Cool. Um, and some of the highlights were actually really pog, like just hitting the commentators and like the fans, like the French fans of, you know, historically always been fantastic Overwatch fans. Um, and so, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, it was really cool to see that happen. I, you know, it's a bit sad that it's, it's Vegas Eternal now, and we'll get to them later, because, like, Paris genuinely, even some of the earlier events in 2019, like the, the fan events and stuff, like, they are one of the most passionate countries in Overwatch esports, and now they don't... We, we don't care. Yeah, to but if they contender South America, it's like not happening. Meanwhile, like, Valorant has Brazil crowd just popping off, and, like, I don't know. It's I don't know what to make of it. If 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 Eternal stayed in Paris, I think they would underserve the French fans anyway. So maybe it's better they don't. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Don't wow. give them hope. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, like, I feel like we're missing out. I'm just, I, I feel like we're missing out, like, so, yeah, like almost like giving reason for some of the best fan bases in Overwatch to like support and like you know participate in the scene. But, Was there any initial push in uh, like the Latam regions for Overwatch Two, or you can even say Overwatch One? I don't. Obviously, we even have servers there separated from like latam i'd say the community in that lot so i'm not sure i don't know if there was a good giant there, there was in 20 there was in the early years of overwatch i know that they were trying to like cultivate the game there and like you know there was a lot of support given but i'm pretty sure overwatch shut the in general down, right? is dead in south america i why right. do i think they did shut the service down no i'm pretty I, sure they I shut the service down yes. let's figure out yeah because like it was a whole because i remember like asking like oh we're gonna get latam back and what's the deal with south america and it's just the conversation always gets dragged towards like oh you know i don't know if we have the infrastructure there blah 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 i i'm paraphrasing in fact you know what i'm i'm just gonna i'm we're gonna retract that and say i made it up because i don't want to get in trouble once again spreading misinformation whether it, whether it's true or not i'm just gonna i'm just gonna say i'm spreading misinformation just in <laughs> case i'm getting anyone in trouble okay yeah i'm not gonna throw it up on a screen but uh valorant has like a three to four four to one ratio over overwatch in oh yeah latam as well were like big cs heads anyway yeah. so it's like it makes sense why valorant is a is a more popular game there right it's not yeah. like too surprising i'd say and um, obviously infrastructure helps right actually setting up servers and shit i am uh I am foaming a, bit, foaming a bit about live events and like crowds and stuff like that. I'm like, oh god, we had that for the playoffs, yeah. but like, if we could oh. have that a bit more. We, this, I'm assuming after the Valorant event, right? I looked at that crowd, I was like, god damn. Yeah, that was that was pretty. It was so sick. But then, I, yeah, I just remembered, like, holy shit, the crowd at finals was whack. Like everybody was going crazy, not whack in a bad way, but like whacking, like holy shit, everybody was going fucking just ridiculous. Especially that finals, which is obviously the best finals we've had ever. Yeah, like, one of the best. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was it was the best finals ever De definitively the, the best finals yeah uh yeah. all right anyway sorry i've been i've been prolonging this intro slash conversation way too long uh let's actually get into some news and um uh, some of the fun stuff going on in overwatch for example we're finally getting into more of the uh the one punch man stuff uh classic plat chat here we have scheduled our podcast at the same time that Blizzard <laughs> Entertainment have scheduled their Twitter space where they announced the event. Uh, so, you know, in about 15 minutes, uh, we'll probably drop we'll half our viewership because people will listen to what the fuck's going on with One Punch Man. Um, I don't blame you. Um, so, yeah, tomorrow, March 7th, that is today, uh, going through hey. April 6th, you'll be able to collect all new skins celebrating One Punch Man characters and take part in our One Punch Man event challenges. And have cool rewards, including an exclusive free legendary Moomin Rider Soldier 76 skin. <gasps> free skin! Free skins, yeah! Dog is that it? Some of this the coolest it? Skins, is this Soldier? Bro. That is Soldier. The Genji skin is sick. I will say. Yeah. The Genji skin is. Sorry, I can't work up image. Here we go. Uh, yeah, so this is Genji skin. We got the Kiriko skin announced uh, a few days ago. People rioted, or in, rioted in a good way. Uh, celebrated? I don't know what the word is. <laughs> for, for this skin. Uh, Doomfist, of course. And we got Soldier 76. What, what, what do we think here? 1 to 10. We're going to rank all four of them. Starting with the Genji. 
Jaws, you really liked the Genji. What do you think? One to ten. 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 Ten? No. Ten. The face is... Yep. I don't... I, I, I'm not in love with the face. I, I like the idea of it. It's the uh, anime character. What do you mean? No, it's, I don't think it fits, like, perfectly. Like, if you pull up, like... Can we define what ten is? What's an example of a ten skin, like a legitimate ten skin? A ten Lego Bastion. Yes, actually, that's a good skin. Why did they give him the proper hair, like of like Geno's hair, like the where he has like it goes like the anime hair, like where it goes all the way around his head? Like, why did they cut him? Hey, dashes, bro. Do you think that hair's gonna stick up? Ain't no hair gel in the world, not even in the Overwatch universe, is gonna stick that hair up when he dashes. I'm going six. You, Six. that is a, that is a disgustingly Whoa. low score. Hey, we gotta be realistic, I mean, okay? We we can't yeah, just I'm sit there. We can't just yell ten every 10. time they pump All something right. out, okay? Right. It needs to be better. I'll, if uh, you go ever? if cyber if cyber demon Genji is ten, do we mm -hmm. agree that's a ten? That's a ten. It's a mythic. That's yeah. A okay, that's okay a 10. fine. If that's if, a ten, nine. Sorry. Yeah, there you go. Whoa. Okay. I don't know about nine. I'll give it eight. Eight. I think it's a good skin. Perfect. I'll give it a seven. I'll give it a there seven. Go. I actually wow. kind of like that there's a skin, like a Genji skin, where he's a bit more relaxed and like he, he's got pants on and you know, like pretty cool shoes and you know, he doesn't the lava like I don't know why it was funny. He's got pants on. He's not in the He's finally got pants on. Just like just like some some yeah, I don't know. Mm. It, it, it just looks casual. Casual in a great way with some cool like uh, lava effects. I don't know. Like I, his, the casual he, Hanzo skin? Here's my thing. I think my problem with this skin is that if this just showed up in the game and I saw this skin, I would have not have instantly thought that it's Genos from One Punch Man. Like that would not be my first assumption. And that is my problem with collaboration. Oh, well, like, the other three, the other three, I think are very obvious. I, I actually, now that you yeah, say that, I kind of agree. If I see I that Genji skin. That YouTube title, Custos Problem with the One Punch Man collaboration. Oh, <laughs> boom. There we go, viewers. Clicks. <laughs> But like, I understand that they don't want to uh, change the models and I don't think they should because that's how Overwatch is. They don't change the models, but like, it's just like the simple things of like the face and the head is something that I feel like they should have complete free reign over because of it. But it feels like they've just tried to adjust the old Genji skin, right? Uh, the, whichever one, the one where he has the headband and like the green hair, like they've just tried to adjust that to make it look more like Genos rather than it actually being Genos. So explain to, you know, even audio listeners, what, 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 what does the original character look like? Do they not have hey, hair? Can you pull up a picture of Genos? Uh, like just type in G-E-N-O-S, One Punch Man. So many different so versions of well. Because I didn't want to do this, but now I guess I have to, I'll have to do this. Well, it's like, I, I don't know how to like explain right? what someone looks like, because <laughs> it, it kind of looks like. Describe, describe it as if you were oh. like an audible author. Oh, you were you're, you're oh, reading I out see. an ebook. Yeah, this would have been doable. Surely. Yeah, like the, the hair is just like that's if they did that hair, I think it would have been completely look like, uh, looked like him because he has the arms, he has everything going for him. I like the eyes, but it's just the hair. And I feel like I don't understand why they didn't. Here we do go, that. I'll try. Zoomerish blonde hair flowing down, oh, right cyborg eyes. Perfect. Ryan Wilson uh, in the chat providing some insight. Uh, Overwatch art director. I'm just trusting that this is an actual quote. You could have made this up, Ryan. <laughs> Hair was a challenge. The closer we matched the style, the more we lost Genji in the process. We were careful to combine the two heroes' main aesthetics without losing either character in the process. So it was obviously, a, you know... It's fair a, enough, actually. A difficulty for them trying to make it perfect. But do you need to make it... Oh, I guess they want someone to be able to look at it and instantly think Genji. I guess maybe that's the idea that, like, in-game, if you see... The, come on! But, come on! But, like, maybe, like, that... I can understand that being the problem of, like, 
you uh this is actually been an issue that i've had recently and i don't i think jack uh we played together and we had the same thinking the new mythic kiriko skin if you wear it like all white it actually looks like a moira skin i thought i was chasing down a moira and yes. it was a kiriko and like that's it's, actually an issue that ha has happened the recently dress. yeah like it's the the not the I, I, is it a jacket a dress i don't fucking know but it's because moira has the de default moira has like um it's like coat. a lab coat right yeah. so like the the tails of the lab coat do look like the tails of the Kiriko like jacket or whatever the fuck you're um is it a kimono still i don't i don't really know to be honest with you it's but yeah anyway like the top i'd say is yeah it looks kind of like moira especially if moira has like the white moira skin on or like the lighter color moira like the moon one um yeah it and i've spoke about this in the previous uh, previous episodes but like the uh, the silhouette of a character is like very important to identify and like with overwatch they do a very good job of doing that you can instantly identify every single character almost right even their skins with um if you turn the lights out and it was just their silhouette but where they blur the lines that gets a little bit like oh you know um i'm not sure if it will happen with this kiri skin to be honest with you uh but could be wrong i think it's just because mora has the lab coat and then kiri also has the kind of long garments uh, all right down, you know let's uh let's move on, on to the kiriko skin here uh i'm gonna be honest i'll, I'll start us off if I, if I saw this in the store i'd be like what the fuck happened is this a bug like where, where where did the pants go uh no I, <laughs> look at the leg to body ratio right it's there absurd. I, <laughs> I think i think this skin obviously i don't watch the the anime so i have no idea about one punch man it, it, if i saw this skin in the store don't like the hair either i'd give this a three people love this skin johnny i like I this is an important and i think it's just because of the amount of leg ratio that we're getting but people <laughs> love this skin i think it here's the thing it, they have People the same need issue. to get in order, yeah, okay? We can't just no, lose no. it about Johnny, legs. Johnny, don't take, don't take this thirstiness away from people, okay? This is what we have on the internet, and we need to run with it. We talked about how Rule 34 is carrying Overwatch, and it needs to do it again. So I'm going to bump oh, this up to like a seven. How so dare I'm bumping this up to a seven. Even though it makes no sense that this is a small child with like green hair, it gets a seven just because of the leg ratio. Holy, you got to be fucking kidding me. Welcome to the future, old man. <laughs> I think like based on accuracy to character it's like maybe even a 9 for me but based on like how good of how good as a Kiriko skin in a vacuum it's actually not very innovative because it's I've I've seen someone say it's almost a reskin of like her base skin as well cuz all the the you know if you actually look at it it's it, it it's all the same material she's basically wearing her normal clothing from her default skin it's just all colored black with a lot of leg showing and the green hair. So it's uh, it's pretty boring in, in a vacuum, but it's pretty accurate to the character. So I don't mind. I'm in like, I'm in, I'm, I'm kind of on a fence on this one a little bit. Dude, people are like, oh, you know, I don't even know like what, what, what adjective you would use to describe the legs. People like the legs. I don't know. It's not cool. It, is it pretty? I, I don't know what it is. Like the body ratio looks like something you make making fucking spore. Like it's just off. It's just the ratio. It's just terrible. Oh, right. like, it's just anime. Like, it's just anime the, ratios. It's just like, how it is. Just look at the, like. Just look at the the model. It's just like there's so much leg and so little upper body. But that, it's, but, it's absurd. But that is like what her character is like in the anime. So that's sort of the thing. It's like I see where you're coming from, Johnny. Of like it feels lazy, but that's literally what her character is. Like you couldn't add more details to her without moving away from the character. Wait, Johnny. Kiriko or the anime character? The anime character. 
Johnny, one of, one of Doom's fists is much bigger than the other one. It just, you know what? It's just ruined for me. Yeah. Ruined. What? Look, what are you I'm talking with you, horny about? Twitter. Horny Twitter, I stand with you. This <laughs> game is ratios. a fucking 10. No, Johnny, Twitter. Jack, you Pop can't off. just say everything's a 10. But it's not I didn't it. say, no, I, I, I withdrew a point on Genji's. Oh I withdrew my a God. point. I said nine, but horny Twitter, I stand with you. The Kiri skin is a 10. Body to leg ratio, be damned. It doesn't matter. And okay, can we, can we actually skin. separate the two groups, okay? You're you guys are talking about some kind of like horny community. There's generally people who love the anime. There's people who <gasps> the love the collaboration, who love the anime. There's not even a separation. The Overwatch community and the horny community are the same thing. They are. Oh, we are. Johnny, you need to accept it that we are the horny community just I by to, association. I need to save this community. I need to save the people. You can't people. save us. I need to save them. <laughs> they are lost. One bonk at a time. They are lost in the sauce. <laughs> Johnny is going to save it. I need it. to bonk it out of them. It's not happening. Sorry, brother. <laughs> I need to roam oh, the lands of arcade and just convert people to I, I don't know what I, this, I, this got off the rails anyway one to ten i said three jaw said ten yep costa i'm gonna i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a seven i i agree that it's it feels kind of lazy but i feel like it's just like that's the way that the character is so Avril? i'm giving up points um i'll give it uh ba i'm gonna go based on accuracy of the character we'll give it a nine that's what i originally yeah. said okay. so I'll right. stay on that uh, yeah all right and for the purposes, like, okay, love the collaboration, guys. It's just not for oh, me. Yeah. The skin, just not for me, all right? It's a three for me. But if people buy the skin, great. Overwatch is successful, great. All right, moving on. Doomfist. Joss, let's get your rating yeah. out of the way. What do you think? Doomfist, one to ten. <laughs> Why do you want to get me out of the way? What, what's because I'm going to call it a ten. Be? Before before anything anything be. You're pretty you value my opinion. All right, then. Guess. Guess my uh, score, Johnny. Guess it. Nine. Ten. Oh, that's a good guess, actually. That's Nine and a half. Guess. I like that. I like that. It's closer to Scott's, honestly. Yeah, you know what? Doomfist, he is like the perfect character to embody One Punch Man. He punches. Nine and a half. Nine and a half. I like it. But Okay. I all right. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm going to jump in because this is the meme going around. You mean like multiple punch man? You can't kill people in one punch anymore. But like, <laughs> it's it, the character is obviously going to be can. the one punch man. It is just kind of like Doomfist is doing a cosplay of uh, Saitama. But I think it's cool. I think it's fun. Um, I'm going to give it a nine. Uh, if Shock's Thunderskin is 10 out of 10. Uh, I'm gonna go seven. It's just it's just a little boring. But the, the original design, the original design of Saitama's look is just a little bit boring. So there's not much they can do with it. It just is what it is. Like in a, I don't know. It's very accurate to character. If it's accurate, yeah. you know, maybe I should give it ten out of ten just because of accuracy to character. Because that's what I did for the Kiriko skin. But I don't know. It's a little boring. I don't. It's hard for me to say ten when like the Thunder skin from Shock is just unreasonably oh. good. Wait, Avril, really? Avril, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. Okay, I'm gonna say. That the accuracy of this Saitama skin is all is almost better than the uh, the Kiriko okay, one. Is, 10, are, are the, is the Kiriko legs swaying you? Just so Johnny can be aware, is it yeah. the legs that it was have, two, have pushed it was up two the extra points? I, I said nine for Kiriko's one. It was meant to be seven, but the two extra legs the, the points got me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this is not a ten, Avril. That skin is no, a that cool skin. Bro. That and is a cool skin. No, this is a ten. Skin. This is a fucking ten. That's a cool. That is a ten. Yeah. Yes, yes, that's a 10. Easily. That's a cool skin. One of the best skins in the entire game. 
It's just got so much to it. It's in fact it this does. skin is so good. I probably won't even equip the Saitama skin, even though it's not a bad skin. Just the Thunder skin's too good. The Thunder skin is way too good to it ever so good. unequip. I'm ever. not going. I'm not going to give my opinion. Uh, okay. Oh, dude, Johnny's okay. off the no, group. What the fuck? You can't right, wait, we are, we are you disregarding every point system Send that Johnny does Send your jersey back this. to Cora. You don't need yeah. it. This, this, this One Punch Man collab. This skin is a ten. All right. If no, if you equipped it on day one, awesome. If you rock this Doomfist skin three years from now in freaking 2026, I'd be like, cool. They're rocking the One Punch Man Doomfist skin. This Doomfist skin is eternal. You could wear it for the rest of Overwatch lifetime, and it'd be a, a legitimately awesome skin. It's unique. It's cool. It's special. It's a collab skin. With clear reference. I just love everything about it. It's perfect. Yep. Doomfist skin. Ah, I'll swap around a yeah. little bit. You I know, mean, sometimes I like the skin. ice Doomfist skin. Sometimes the thunder. Sometimes you know, a little bit here and there. The, the question I have is: so, if you don't buy it in this month, is it, is are these skins going to be like a way you can just never buy it again? Because in five years, it will be really cool to show up with the One Punch Man. Oh, skin that's a John Spectre question. Yeah, so he'll it put comes in the anime house, vault. You, you know, know how we have how... an Overwatch League vault? He'll put in an anime vault. We're gonna get a new vault. Yo, Ooh, an and we can vault. just get like Jujutsu Kaisen next. Okay, yeah, I'm in. Dude, Demon Slayer stuff. As much as I've always agreed on you at that point, Costa. I think for these collab skins, I think I I. It'd be so bad from Blizzard if no one was just like, guys, what, what if we sold the One Punch Man skin again? What, 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 like, they're just, it'd be such a stream of revenue that I don't think you could, like, yeah, morally justify, like, oh, we're never unlocking it ever again. Like, Maybe, like, once a year or something like that. Really, what's really interesting about that point, actually, is that Dead by Daylight had the same thing where they had Stranger Things in the game for a long time. Like, you could buy the Demogorgon and stuff, but the licensing rights ended up running out and they didn't, um, they didn't renew them. So they've had to take out the Stranger Things, or at least not take out from the game, but, like, remove it from um, being... From the store? Purchased. From the store, yeah. So I'm curious if... And like and how long point. this kind of collaboration like contract is for and obviously bringing it back is like a cool idea but it will depend on the actual like licensing agreement between blizzard and the one punch man creators yeah. whether it's for like a specific amount of time like there is a date um i i, hmm. I can't remember the date off by hand obviously it starts today and then it, en it ends in like whenever the fuck maybe a month, month and a half. i think it's april 6th April, sure, April 6th then. I wonder if um, the licensing agreement is only up until then or it's going to be, yeah, it's going to continue on for a few years and they're going to then, maybe it is an anime vault, then, then bring them back uh, once upon a time, which would be cool, I think. I, I would hope that you can purchase this later like way in the in the distant future <laughs> and why if they bring them back, like, oh, surprise, we brought them back, like the Overwatch League skins do. Um, but it will depend on like the licensing agreements between the two companies, which you obviously none of us are privy to, and I would like to know. But yeah, it's pretty interesting. I didn't know that. I didn't know board yeah. business yeah. like that. It's a lot to think about. Yeah. 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 All right. But yeah, it would be cool if the, like there was a new season of One Punch Man or something that like, hey, we're putting this on sale because you know yeah. something's going on, something happening. Well, the, yeah. the new season comes out soon, right? There's yeah. Well, the, the, the next after is like the one oh, that, right, you know, right. like four, right, whenever right, One yeah. Punch Man is like in the media, like when it's popular like that's when you like try to push it again anyway moving on soldier 76 skin 10 10 you think this is a 10 movement rider dude if this this skin is if you movement rider is by far the best skin, uh, character in one punch man and it like perfectly encapsulates soldier i think it's so goofy and funny it's a hundred percent a 10 
I would okay. give it higher than a 10 if I could. I would, only, I would only give it a 10 with the Justice Crash intro, which I think they've also got as well, a highlight intro. Without it, I think it's more like a 6. It's just, it's just kind of boring, but like, I don't know. Mm. Well, I don't how know. dare you That's talk about Moomin Rider like that? But with the, I, with I'd the give it highlight, a nine. then yeah. I like the beanie. I, I think 9 for me. Because I think I prefer the other skins. A bicycle helmet? This is literally. It is a bicycle helmet. He's oh, okay, for any context of anyone who hasn't watched One Punch Man, he lives in a world full of superheroes, and this guy just rides a bike and he tries to be a superhero. That's all he does. No superpowers. So he Nothing. has no superpowers. He just rolls up on a bike trying to help. <laughs> and it, like, not it's a motorbike, a bicycle. <laughs> just a bicycle. He's fucking Moomin Rider. It's it's fucking the best. Uh, Moomin Rider. Like as I agree, the skin is like you know it just if you're looking at it and you're like, how cool is this? It's it's not that high but the context of it i think is yeah. perfect and that's it's, why it's a 10 out of 10. it's between these four skins it's the most divisive youtube chat has been because people who love the anime are just like 10 10 is amazing and then i see like minus eight zero it's just people <laughs> like what is this it's literally just like black clothes with a green helmet what's going on so that's great yeah i mean i didn't get it but actually that context makes me like the skin even more um I'm looking forward it, to see this skin in action with um, with Soldier 76 original voice because that that's might not go together. Well, if they have Moomin Riders like voice lines attached to it, um, I I'll I'll pay all my money. They can have it. Yeah, yeah, that'd be pretty good. Uh, do we silly, get a actually. do we get a rating from everyone on this last one? Nine for me. Nine. I I mean I don't know the anime, so I give it like a I'll never equip this skin ever, but I'm glad you guys like it. There you go. Uh, <laughs> I got one more. Go, go, go on Discord, Johnny. Throw this up on stream real quick. Oh, what is this? What is? Uh, you want to? No, it's good. It's good. It'll, oh it'll be worth it. It'll God. be worth it. Hundred percent worth. It's loading. Wow. Right on there for me. Wow. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Sigma is all leg though. That is true. This checks out. I, I'm just so sad at the lack of toes in this one. So it's it's a it's a six nah, for me kind of with no toes in those, uh, in those stilettos though. Those those, those quads. <laughs> I mean, as someone who goes to the gym, I respect those legs. He's been Sigma's been working out. You know, <laughs> looking good, looking good. Uh, all right. Uh, so yeah, the, the, I mean, they're live right now, so they're probably going to announce the event details. We don't know what's going to, to uh, entail, but if you find out what the uh, what the event is about, drop it in the YouTube chat. Um, but we got to move on. There is a list of stuff on that page. I'm pretty sure. Oh really? Um, uh, yeah. It says like the amount of game played. You unlock like the new skins and all the stuff yeah. like that, like name cards and victory posters and all that. Oh, was there a new game mode? Sorry, oh, they're releasing world premiere reveal trailer. Oh, I wonder if that's out now then. I wonder if I can go watch this. Oh, it's, it's one one punch punch oh, Jesus Christ. I just blew everyone's ears who's watching the stream. Um, so there is a video? Uh, collaboration trailer. Um, yeah, so, oh, okay. Here we go. So you guys won't be able to hear this, but for the people who are, uh, who are watching the stream... <laughs> Oh, we have a react channel now? Okay, yeah, yeah. No audio it's just reaction. A minute. Oh, so it's the One Punch Man theme. Oh, I, I, I can't hear music, time so. Yeah, collapse. you guys can't hear it, but... Ooh. I would think this is the One Punch Man intro. I would say it's probably the music. Time. Yo, movement rider! Ready for a knockout? 
show me the highlight of the first. Surely, surely. Oh, here it is, here it is. That's the highlight intro, right? It has to be. That's yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. a scratch. Oh, man, this is really cool, guys. <laughs> that's from the anime. That's I love that. Really that's yeah, that's good. That's sick. So, by the wording there, limited time event. I don't think they're going to be available after. I think they're going to be like, and you know, we've talked about this in the past. As much as it sucks for people, I think making these types of events limited time only it only leads to more sales because people yeah, are gonna you gotta, buy you gotta capitalize the fomo yeah you need fomo because it, it once people start realizing if you don't buy it now then you're gonna miss out you know people uh, people are gonna spend more like just the way our silly brains work that was actually really good that that was that got me jo like really hard. johnny's about to buy all these skins now johnny went from and eh, they all kind of sucked uh, now i need them but all i didn't say they suck i know I, I did not yeah the kirigo skin i don't i don't get it but i i, I just got happy because i was like oh overwatch like we're doing cool stuff this is amazing and i just felt a little warm and fussy that's all <laughs> i loved it yeah uh that's fantastic that's a really cool trailer and the bike as well. Uh, it just feels like the devs are loving it. You know, we're just doing cool stuff. The community loves it. It's it's good vibes. I love having good vibes, but um, good vibes, good vibes. But we gotta we gotta we gotta move on here. We got a pretty big show today, so I should have done a better job moving us along. But this was a pretty uh, pretty. Oh pretty shit! Cool we've already done. We an haven't hour. even started talking about Al yet. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. We're an hour in. Well, here we fucking go, guys. Dallas Fuel, the moving type APAC. Damn. Jesus Christ. I mean, yeah. I, I, the wording that Hastro uses in this video is actually quite interesting because it feels like the way that Hastro was framing it is that because of the uncertainty of the league with what happened in the East and the future of it, it kind of sounds like this is a temporary move to Korea just because they're like, well, we don't really know what's going to happen. Our players wanted to play out of Korea because they're a Korean team, like through and true. So they're just going to do that for this year. But that sort of makes me uncomfortable because as a lot of people have said as well, Dallas Fuel are probably the biggest investors in the Overwatch League since the beginning of time. They've run the most homestands. They've invested the most. They've actually cultivated a great uh, community and fan base in Dallas. And that's why a lot of people support them. And just off of the cuff of winning a championship, it's pretty surprising seeing them move to the APAC region. I would not be surprised if we don't see like any homestands. This I agree. Year. Um, and you know, if, if the league want to organize stuff, you know, tournaments, stuff like that, but like Dallas would put on events last year, like by their own, like accord, like their own willingness, like they wanted to put it on for the yes. fans, stuff like that, Battle for Texas, stuff like that. Not sure we're going to see a lot of that stuff. Obviously like the, the, the financial cli climate and everything, um, hard to get that kind of money to put those events on, but without Dallas fuel in the Western region, it's, 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 it's going to feel like an online churn all of the season. Um, and that worries me because, you know, as we've learned, like events are so cool to have in person, stuff like that. So, I mean, huge loss for, um, for the Western region, like all the fans, you know, come to love Dallas Fuel and, uh, invested so much of their time. And like the, like this, the amount of people who are just like Dallas Fuel fans and are like, I'm never going to watch a live game ever again. Like I can't wake up at 4am to watch my favorite team playing in the APEC region. And this is what the Philadelphia fans went through as well. Last two um, years. 
yeah, it, it, it's brutal. And so, you know, you're, you're, you're hemorrhaging like part of the, the, the Overwatch League fan base by making them disinterested or like demotivated to follow the league and making it harder for them to follow the league and cheer for their favorite teams. So it's I brutal. I mean, I, I, there's no solution. This is what Dallas Fuel decided to do, but it's brutal. Can I just quickly point something out? Sorry, I know we're into this uh, this topic right now. Uh, I just logged into Overwatch to see like One Punch Man and shit. The shop has crashed. Shop has crashed. Wow. <laughs> um, the shop has crashed, and I go into the Overwatch League section and see the skins. Um, it's a huge blank page, and then Soul Inferno has the Philadelphia Fusion logo, and it looks very funny. Are you sorry? Are you <laughs> on, on the website or is this inside this the game? Is, that was in game. Like, you the shop oh, shit. Just went live. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because that's yeah, like the, the that Soul Inferno push, skins. Right? Yeah. I click on the thing, there's no skins there because the shop is just fucked. Wow. Um, and it, the Soul Inferno is like red and shit, and then it's got the Philadelphia Fusion. This is, this is, this is going to sell like uh, the best sales we've ever had in skins. But, yeah. uh, I'll Sorry, talk about I know Dallas I derailed us a little bit there. I just thought it was kind of funny. But, I'll um, talk about Dallas for a yeah. sec. So yeah. this is this seems like a very difficult situation for them because they, they have clearly caught in between a rock and a hard place. And I think it's doubly shocking because they are also the the current championship team you know they're the defending champions they just won the overwatch league how are they the team this is this is coming from the fan perspective uh in terms of their questions how is this the team that is kind of i wouldn't say they lost their roster they've certainly lost some key piece of their roster their support duo they lost fearless as well so damn near 50 percent of the the core roster is gone um and they're switching regions as well it's like it's a it's a quite a lot to take in for the the Dallas Fuel fans, so I I fully understand that that perspective. But uh, from the the org side, it's like, what do you do if you're Tasmo and Hastro? Because your players, because uh, here's the problem with winning the league. Winning the league is all great, it's fantastic, it's what you want. It's the entire reason you should be in the league in any sport is you want to win. However, once you win, especially with the contracts coming to an end, you know multiple players renegotiating. Well, they're world championships uh, players now. They've they just won their championship uh, players, so they want more money. Every every player is like, "Well, I got to get more salary now because I just won the world championship for you guys," which is fair enough. I mean, that's typically what happens when you when you have a world championship team. The cost of running that team is going to go up because everybody's worth more now, and they're worth more not just because the players think they're worth more, but because other teams are willing to pay that. For example, Atlanta are willing to pay whatever it is they're willing to pay to get both Chio and Fielder. Um, Houston as well, which we know that this year they're investing a lot into their team. Um, not to get a huge roster, but the individual quality of players in the roster, extremely high. So getting Fearless out of field to join Houston, I mean, they're willing to pay whatever that price that Fearless wanted was. So you have a situation where we also know that Optic had Optic, which is they own the Dallas Field. They've had ma massive layoffs. The esports industry discussion that we had last week super relevant for optic and the dallas field as well where it's just like you know everyone's kind of losing money everyone's just kind of trying to slow down the bleeding of the of the money loss we talked about the fact that dallas have been huge investors so far in terms of the overwatch league not just in events but putting these rosters together um you know even in the losing years scott remembers you know there was massive Numbers of players. So I don't know. I just threw you in there. Um, yeah, like how many? How many players? How many players on the team when you were there? Like ten people, almost. Oh, we, well, like we started the season <clears throat> with like ten players, and then we added Seagull, AKM, OG so throughout the season. The right? point like, is, is like even in the losing years, Dallas has had like massive rosters, huge players, and then they cut down on the player size, called the team size. But now you've got the element element Mystic guys with Rush, and you know that comes from Paris, who 
they sold those guys for a pretty penny. So the important point is Dallas has spent a lot of money. So it's, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, at some point you're five, six years deep, you're like, we're going to reassess this. We've had layoffs, money situation, esports doesn't look great. And on top of that, you're in a situation where you're talking to your players to try and keep the team together. And your players like, we want to play out of Korea. I mean, that's, you know, what one of the industry, one of the things that happened behind the scenes in the off season was to try and keep the team together. You know, Dallas were looking at options. One of the options was, what if we move the team to Korea? That worked for some of the players. It didn't work for other players. You still value getting a higher salary if you're cheer fielder, I guess, or, or fearless. Um, and I truly think that if Dallas didn't move to APAC, if they didn't move back to Korea for these players, then they would have had to do a full rebuild. I'm pretty sure, I mean, this is my own personal speculation, pretty sure Harbin, Sparkle, Rush, Edison, etc., probably would have dipped if they either weren't going to get a, a competitive enough salary based on what they felt like they were worth based on the fact that they won the championship, or they weren't going to be able to go back to Korea. And so Dallas feel had to kind of, they had to pivot in one direction or the other, and they decide to go back to Korea. So this is what they decide to go to Korea for the sake of the players. And, you know, this is it. So, I mean, they could have, I guess, not gone to Korea and completely rebuilt the roster, but then you have to ask the fans, it's like, what do you really want? If you're a Dallas Fuel fan, what do you prefer? Do you prefer to keep the Dallas team in Dallas, but it's a full new roster? You can 100% lose your championship roster now, or you keep a good portion of your championship roster with Rush, but now they're in Korea. Those are the two options. You chose the yeah. right one out of those two, right? I mean, keeping half the roster, because I think that's what a lot of teams and a lot of, um, I'd say fans too, um, sometimes, I feel like sometimes we have a good pulse uh, we keep on the pulse of uh, how the fans feel. Sometimes we don't. But I think in general, most fans, I'd say, myself included, would rather see a team keep their roster, at least half of their roster, uh, maybe a couple of bits and pieces from the last season and move it on to the next season. Because we've had it in, we've had it plenty of seasons where, like, Toronto Defiant's a good example um, this year. Um, I really liked the Toronto Defiant last year. As much as they, you know, they kind of blew towards the end. They were middle of the pack, etc. They did really well at their own homestand. Um, I really like a lot of their players on that roster. Now they've got a completely American tornado. It's like, oh man, like, I really like Twilight. I'm probably going to follow Twilight uh, to whatever team he goes to there at the end of the day. Um, so I think as a fan, at least from my perspective, I'd much rather have like a team keep half their roster and move regions than... The Reddit thread was 50-50. Complete... Just anecdotally, it seemed 30 50 50. Some of the fans are like, No, I'd rather they rebuild. I want them to be in Dallas so I can sure. not have to wake up at 4 a.m. And the other and the other half is like, Well, I want to keep the players. But are, are we sure it has like exactly like it, they're doing this just because of the rosters? If anything, for me, this is a big fear of the homestand model as a whole, right? And I think you know, people existing out of their home cities. Yes, it's good for the fan base, but we literally have the most successful team who has been able to actually sort of uh, leverage, you know, being in, being in Dallas and all that kind of stuff. And they're the ones moving away from it. Yeah. Probably very expensive to run. And, you know, Dallas had a pretty good deal with the Arlington Esports Arena that they had. They owned like, it. They own it. So it's very easy for them to run events. And even now they're like, well, we don't want to run events anymore. Or maybe the league isn't able to run events anymore. I we don't really have the context of the whole story. But Scott, I think uh, I think it's actually cheaper for them to stay in Dallas because they already have infrastructure in Dallas. They would have to pay for infrastructure in Seoul and Korea. Um hypothetically, if they were to rebuild a roster, they could probably build a cheaper roster as well to the dismay of fans. I don't fans. know the answer to that, if I'm being honest, of like what's actually cheaper and what isn't. Like, it, I, it I think, probably is a combination of both of our points. I, let's be honest. Like, it's probably not just the expense of the roster that is like the number one thing that is making them move to Korea. 
I wouldn't say. But I'm saying it's that. because they want to hold on to the roster and the, and the roster is saying they want to be in Korea. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, 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 at least Hastra alluded to that in his tweet. He made a tweet about that. And I think we can all agree that, like, if you just, if you simply, like, approach this move from a competitive standpoint, it was absolutely the right decision for the Dallas Fuel. Keeping this championship roster together with a few missing parts, um, of course, it it's just so much the superior option compared to like rebuilding or like trying to put a new team together with a few different pieces, uh, picking up a whole team even. Like this is absolutely the best competitive move that Dallas Fuel could have made to still be great next year or this year. I think like where where my hesitation comes from is just like is this good for the league? And I don't think this is good for the fan base of Overwatch League for the viewership of Overwatch yeah. League um, moving like this. But if you want to like talk about Dallas Fuel um, and you know I, I don't know how much this was like Hastro versus like Tasmo who's the general manager you know obviously like pretty close with those guys but like they definitely made the right choice when it comes to competitiveness and like they're going to go to APAC and given like some of the budgetary restrictions for some of these APAC teams probably going to dominate do fantastically way, be successful this season because they kept this roster together um, and moving to Korea definitely like helps them keep that roster together and keep their players happy. So uh, from a competitive standpoint, it's a great move by Dallas. I, it just it just hurts me a little bit. It pains me a little bit and I worry about the consequences of this move. Yeah, I am like the long-term effects it'll have because, you know, generally fans won't come back once they leave. Uh, you know, NA fans who aren't willing to watch APAC hours probably going to go to a new na team and start supporting them uh and if this is a temporary thing and dallas does end up coming to the west i think you won't see them all come flooding back in in some way so i uh, you feel for hastro hastro has been in love with like the dallas fuel and he created everything that they've done so i'm sure this wasn't an easy decision uh for them to do because i'm sure they are aware of how much they're sort of betraying their fans in a way uh, who have been so loyal to them but End yeah, of the day, if I, this is the right decision for them. It's the right decision for them. It's a small. Let me sure my. Uh, let me make sure I get this right. It's um. Yeah, it's a small thing, but even something like Mike's pin tweet, um, is still about winning the Overwatch League. Considering the amount of teams this guy works with, considering the amount of esports he's mm -hmm. invested with, considering like how how you know how much he deals with in esports. Um, and his personal life, uh, his organization, his business life. The fact that his pinned tweet is still about the Overwatch League World Championship. I think that, you know, I might be reading into it too much, but I think it speaks a little bit volume about how much Mike really cared about winning this championship. And so, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, and, you know, I don't think he's just going to like two, three months of economic downturn. He's going to be like, well, Overwatch is not sustainable, not great. Uh, I, I don't care about Overwatch anymore. Like, I, th I still think Mike genuinely cares a lot about Overwatch. Um, you know, even dating back to Season 1 of Envy, winning Apex, right? Um, there was two additional tweets that, you know, we, we, don't, we, don't, we don't have to... Um, we, don't, we don't have to talk about it, but... Um, you know, because it kind of hits off last week's episode. But Mike did also tweet out afterwards, just like, there's some real change needed in the business of esports, and most of it needs to happen at the game publisher level. Some individual leaders and staff at these big publishers get it, but there's some internal hive minds just can't get it right. And this was like pretty, I'm pretty sure this was like after the announcement as well. So obviously like some kind of subtweet here. Um, so I, I, I just found it interesting that like, wow, like they 
they really want help uh, to be sustainable of some kind. Um, but that just speaks to another another esports CEO um, founder who like spoke out about some of the economic unsustainability uh, of esports right now. Can I add one? I'm gonna add one last thing about uh, Dallas here. Is I one thing I want the fans to understand about the situation is that it is in no way comparable to the LA Valiant situation of them going to China because that is more like Immortals trying to like offload. Like I don't give a fuck about Overwatch League. Get rid of the, I want to wash my hands of this and get rid of it. This the Dallas Field situation is so different because they actually do care a lot about the Overwatch League and their team in the Dallas Field. And they again had their backs against the wall and they were almost forced to make the decision that they felt was going to serve the team the best in terms of quality of the roster, which was what Scott was talking about. So uh while the result is the same in terms of they are both going to APAC. It's completely different in terms of intention. Yeah. Yep. Uh, shit. I need to. I need to host while I'm trying to tweet as well. This is very difficult. Multitasking at the highest level, trying to generate engagement. Quick, Scott, uh, add, add something onto it. Dallas, you know, Dallas, you know, Dallas would abandon me. Uh, but yeah, like. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like we've sort of talked to it, talked about it like so much, and it's been such a, a big thing in the community. Like, it's honestly, you know, talking about it from a competitive standpoint, I'm actually excited to see Dallas compete in the East. I think they've definitely bolstered and made the region a lot more interesting because it was looking kind of bleak there for a bit. But you know, Dallas versus Hongzhou, I, that's definitely a match we're going to be lined up to see. It'll hopefully make APAC, you know, just that little bit more interesting, but. Yeah, I figured it out. Actually, I figured it out. Oh, all wait, the teams, I had to talk. Yeah, yeah. All the teams that Scott has been on from NA have moved oh, to Am I the problem? Wait, that's kind of true, actually. Every that's team I've been on has crumbled. The Overwatch talent team. I don't, is I don't next. know that they've We're crumbled, but they've certainly, they've certainly moved. I blame they've Scott certainly... for getting a $2 million a year salary every single team he's been on. It's kind of, kind of cringe. He's, he's, been, crazy, he's been the yeah. one that sucked the esports and money pit dry, bro. Crazy. Single-handedly ruined Overwatch esports. <laughs> All right. Moving on. <laughs> no, no, tweet out? To, I'm not even going to. Whatever. Now oh, I have to God. find out what you tweeted. A freaking broadcast talent influencer podcast host. So, oh, what, a busy life. what a busy life we're living, guys. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, well, if you're wondering about Avril's background and what he's cooking. Yeah, put it up full. Put it up full. Uh, Throw me up there. Oh, all right, I can't do this. Yeah, there you go. Uh, <laughs> some, some, some interesting announcements. Some interesting announcements going on. Where Hangzhou Spark, they finally announced. Was it two days ago? I think it was two days ago, actually. Two nights ago. Something like that, yeah. They announced they're cooking. They're officially bringing together the former Overwatch League MVP leave together with Shy. It's happening. It's happening, guys. Already one of the uh, this, best damage viewers of this all is, time. This is the only Overwatch collaboration I'm more excited about than the uh, Saitama <laughs> One Punch Man one. I Just take it away. Costa, you tweeted as well. It's finally I, happening. You're, you're, you're like an actual Hunter Sparks simp at this point, right? 
Uh, yeah, well, I'm I'm all, I'm all on board. This is a this is a great team as well because like obviously everyone's gonna talk about like leave and shy. I don't even think we need to talk about it that much, you know. Everyone realizes it's gonna be absolutely freaking disgusting. Like it's probably the best DPS duo in terms of just well-roundedness of just the two players. If leave can get back to his 2021 MVP because he actually has a good team around him and he doesn't have to just sort of yeah, like have to flex play around That's Jinmu. Much. Yeah, like, I think that's going to be great. This team is going to be awesome. Also, Elsa is back in the league. Elsa said that, you know, Elsa had one of his best seasons ever and then just retired mid-season because he's like, I don't care about Overwatch right now. I'll be back for Overwatch 2. And now he's back at full-on 20, rename, rebrand, and Dude, he's back in person renaming. Please. What's yeah, going please on? Stop. Like, stop. You've told to Xerneas and shit like that. This is what he Chinese players ninja? do. Yeah. He was Ninja from Fortnite, and then he was Elsa, and now he is 20. Like, please stop changing names. Yeah. But please. yeah, this, this, team's, this team's just going to be sick. Like, I think they're well-rounded. My only concern that I will add in here is uh, Gushway is one of the best Winstons that it, in the world. He has not shown great flexibility onto other main tank heroes uh, in the past. And we've sort of, every time they've gone into those kind of metas, like Bernard picked up the ball for them last year. And... We've just sort of been like, oh, Hongjo uh, Spark just suck. Like, he doesn't have that excuse anymore. And I think he's going to have to show more flexibility in the tank role. Beyond that as well, like uh, Elsa, aka 20, he's been out of the game for a while. I think he was still streaming Overwatch and, you know, playing it on the side, but not scrimming, not actively competing. So how good is 20 going to be in terms of holding up on the off-tank duties? Because that's super important. I mean, you, they're, they're very much strong off-tank meters that could occur. We're talking about Zarya metas where you got to go up against Hanbin now, who's in your region, right? That's just super scary. Sigma metas as well. Um, even during Elsa's peak days, I, I don't know that he was elite enough on the off tank to really hold the candle. So while the rest of the team, you know, dude, if if, if Hangzhou Spark get a dive meta with Winston, they're, they're, they're solved. This could be the, I think this is the best team Yo, in Apex. If they yeah. get a Winston meta, let's yeah, dive. Right. It's, it's finished. It's done. But if it's not a Winston meta, if it's a Sigma meta, if it's a Jungle Queen meta, like it probably won't be a Jungle Queen meta. But you know, if it's if it's anything else, what's going to happen? Like I think you're right. I think that the tank line is the only thing that scares me a little bit. I'm not concerned about Gushu on something like Ryan. I think he's played enough of that. Um, I think Ball has been one of his weaker heroes, despite that being something that he should have in his pool. Um, I've had people sort of ask like, "Oh, do you think Among should be on this team?" I'm like, probably not, because he overlaps too much with Gushu and you. Teams right now don't want to have rosters bigger than six people. You also don't want to have the Boston Uprising situation with three different tanks in your yeah. roster. That's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. You don't want to go oh, there. Yeah. Um, if anything, they probably need a third DPS or maybe a, a, another support, a flex support, just to cover that position as well. Um, I think Lynx is an okay player, but I, he doesn't feel elite. It's clear that Ray just doesn't want to work with Xerneas slash Yveltal anymore. Um, they, they, worked, they did the whole Nisha thing last year. It didn't go well for them. Um, clearly there's just the, the whole anime manga reading during Scrim's Burnt Bridge, that situation between Ray and <laughs> Yvaltal is just kind of, that's ended that possibility. So the next, it seems like the third best option or the next best option is, well, I guess you go Lynxa. Uh, but the talk of the town is Shy Leaf. I think this is the best duo in APAC and one of the one of the top duos in the entire Overwatch League. I think Sparkle Edison, uh, i, I got to be careful here. They, they are very much at risk of being hard-gapped. Um, Profit might get gapped here as well, depending on who his duo is. I don't know that there's really enough elite hit scans left for Profit to duo with that can really match Shy Leave. Um, not that ranked is a good indicator, but there's been numerous clips of Shy POV showing up on Reddit recently where you're just watching 
how disgusting yeah. he is. And he's on ping as well. I think the China to Korea ping is like 70 or something like that. So these players are all on VPNs and whatnot, right? That's how they're playing. And Shy and Lee were just on crazy win streaks in rank at the moment. Jonak actually made a video on his um, YouTube channel where he he basically queued, uh, he had Shy and Lee queue into his team multiple times, hard carrying games, and he's just, Jonak's in game just holding down tab, like look at Leave scoreline, he hasn't died, he's on 17, just shit like that. Just yeah. Shy and Leave terrorizing ranked as a duo right now, so I mean... This is this is like a you know this is like a Kobe Shaq moment. They just getting together about to dominate. <laughs> this is Kevin Durant coming to the Golden State Warriors. That's what it feels like to me. Of like, whoa, I'm pissed off, Johnny. I'm I'm gonna stand by this. I'm gonna stand by this. I actually think this KD, is Kevin Durant. No, no. Yes, I'm going. That I'm gonna stand by that. to the shock and don't even try. No, no, oh no, yeah. <laughs> okay, you might be right, but. Uh, <laughs> No but way, like, I mean, they, it's the, it's like the, one of the greatest players in the league. He literally was an MVP joining a team that was already looking like a super team, right? Like, I, 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 I maybe I've overstated it, but Johnny, we're getting clicks here, okay? So I, I genuinely believe that this is like the coming together, and I genuinely don't know where to put the Hongjo spark now because I, me and Avril talked about like the questions around like a little bit of the back line and the tank line, but. Their DPS duo might just clear and like carry them yep. through 90% of their games. Like, I only think they will have an issue. You know, it depends on how many great teams end up in APAC, but they'll only really have an issue in the playoffs, in my opinion, uh, when they go up against the best. This team's currently number one for me in power. Like, okay, there's like four teams that haven't revealed the <laughs> roster. Like three rosters announced in APAC. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, of, okay I mean... But of the, three, of the three rosters, the Spark is the number one for me so far. Yeah, uh, you have to also remember this is yeah. another evened number season for Ray, Coach Ray. He, this guy, I don't know what his deal is. He only coaches an even number season, odd number seasons. He bounces and he's out of here. So, which means, by the way, next season he's gone again. He's just going to leave again. So, uh, but when Ray and Leave work together, it's magic. Like Leave plays his absolute best. If you think about when Leave's best performances are, what his best seasons are, it's when Coach Ray is on the team as well. So last year when Ray was gone and. Chengdu was a bit of a shit show. It's just a nightmare for Leaf. But um, someone yeah. in the we... chat just said, "Did Johnny just call Leaf a bus rider?" And if you don't know ABA, <laughs> that's just like so many levels deep that I'm not even gonna explain it on the podcast. But it's funny. Joss, you were saying something. Uh, did we? Uh, did you guys talk about last week um, about how the Spark and everybody are gonna play the game? Um, on VPN situation. Has that? Yeah. Has that arisen yet? I, they're I currently in China on VPNs. There's no way they're not going to go to Korea, though, right? Like, is there lit restrictions with what they can do on the VPN? Or it's more like... expensive to go to Korea. They have facilities in Hangzhou. They have a team I, okay, facility in Hangzhou. I'm just going to no put it out there. They play an I would not season want... on VPN. Yes, I That's would not want right to play on VPNs, which are, I'm pretty sure are not legal in China um, to compete in the league. I know they I have facilities know. and shit. But like, are you gonna bend your your country's rules Jack, around Jack, by the way, VPNs? You, you do you do know that for the past few years during COVID, they played online from China, including last year. 
Yeah, well, it's, it's not different. different. The game not on VPN. Banned. Yeah, the game yeah. banned, but it wasn't. Yeah. Licensed. So, are we talking about are we talking about the logistics of playing? We're talking about the legality because those are two different. The legality things. of yeah. playing. Like, I don't yeah. know anything well, about the like, legality, legit, but logistically, sure, nothing's fucking, changed. I could VPN to Madagascar right now and play from there. Like, I don't know. Like, because they're but, currently <laughs> playing Korean ranked <laughs> VPNs. Yeah, well, that's what I'm just defining logistics here. But um, you know, the legality of them playing. I think China and Madagascar are quite the same, Joss. Okay. Well, what? I was just talking about used to VPN. Okay. It was a comment. It wasn't supposed to be. We're not supposed to go in depth here. But I'm saying, I think it would make sense for them to go to Korea where they can play. Yes, I know they already have a facility in fucking China. Um, and it would make sense for them. Yes. But the game's not licensed in China. And they, I, I don't know if they want to risk using a VPN. I could be fucking wrong and they're just going to do it anyway. I have no uh, idea what the legalities are there. Maybe, maybe yeah, they like, can get away with it. I don't know. I don't, even, is it, is it, I don't even know if it's illegal. I don't even know if it's I'm just pretty a sure it is illegal to what. VPN in China. Yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, and like, uh, sure, people do it every day, right? Like yeah, people millions would. of Chinese uh, people that use the internet probably do VPN to get on YouTube, to get on whatever the fuck, you know? But for like a league... We're a little bit more out there, you know, than someone sitting in their room using a VPN. I don't know if they'd want to fuck with that. So I, in my head, I always thought, well, they're just going to play from China and they're going to get like an athlete's visa or something. Well, like an esports player visa because Korea is very much ahead of the times when it comes to that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So I don't know if you guys discussed that last it's, week. But that, it's I'm still amazing how little we know about this topic. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I feel like I, I feel like we don't have the answers. We're just sort of spitballing here, so we should yeah. probably not talk. But we don't have any answers. Sure. Of, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure they're not going to Korea. Okay. But I'm just guessing. I'm just yeah. guessing. Yep. We'll we'll see. All right. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna speed run two topics here. Um. And then okay. yes, we will get to Washington Justice. Calm down, chat. Holy shit! You've been talking about <laughs> Washington Justice for like ten minutes. Calm down. Uh. We'll, we'll get there. All right. Uh, but we need to speed around some topics, all right? Because uh, this this episode is quickly building up to being way too long than I, than I want it to be. Um, something something a little quick. We got some content. Uh, was it this past week we got some content? Dante and Kalush leaked the scrims between yeah. uh, Toronto Defiant um, oh, yeah. and the LA Gladiators. Um, I, I I took a took a I watched a few of them. Costa watched them on stream. Um, do you guys, Avril, Jaws, did you guys get the chance to watch the scrims? What do you think? I watched Scott watch the scrims. Hey, make sure I to did subscribe. Not. <laughs> Avril, got any? I didn't. I didn't. I didn't watch the scrims. You, okay, let me let me cover. You didn't miss anything. It's literally like, it and I think crazy. this is an important context for people who watch it. Like, this is like pre before anyone is even properly scrimming. Uh, most of the gladiators are on high ping. They're moving players around. They're just fucking around. Like, uh, no one knows what the meta is. You know, we saw some Dante Ball permanently feeding on Havana. Uh, for a little bit, but that doesn't mean that Dante is the worst ball in the league, right? Like, people are just throwing shit at the wall. It was kind of interesting to see, kind of interesting to see who's playing what. Uh, it looks like uh, Sam is kind of the tracer for... Wait, who's playing uh, ball for Toronto? Um, I don't think they played any ball. They played... Uh, Toronto was playing a lot more Junker Queen. And so Kaluge did not lie. He he refused to Kaluge play ball, ball. and he Sigma. stuck to it. He didn't, yeah, and then they played a lot of Sigma against each other. Yeah, he's just like, I ain't playing ball. Yeah. They did play Havana, so uh, like Havana was one of the two maps that they played. So Sigma's quite good on Havana. Yeah. So all I, I saw um, was someone falling off the map and then Lastro teeping and falling off the map. Yeah, that was that was really funny. Yeah, Lastro was trying to save himself. That was very. Funny. Sam, oh wait, someone trolled him. That was the highlight of the scrims for sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. I um I hadn't seen the scrims and then I did like a tweet and I went live on Twitch and I was like, oh, I'm going to review Bobble's point of view from these scrims. And then I queue in uh, on Havana attack and he gets killed by like a Sigma three times and like they do nothing because they're playing this <laughs> ball comp down to playing ball. It was... It, it was so bad. Like, there is, I, I gave up on, like, extracting knowledge from these scrims. There's nothing to learn. It, it's just, you know what? They're not even, they're I, barely, I have, like, um, I have yeah. PTSD from these scrims because you guys remember two years ago, 2021 preseason, the NYXL scrims got leaked. And I remember watching those right. and looking yeah, at those. Oasis, and yeah. I was like, man, I was like, oh, my God. Wang Bung is, he's, he's, he's the next hit scan god. He's the next hit scan prodigy. Look at this NYXL team. It's going to be so good. And then they were fucking shit that year. I got mad PTSD. And I was talking them up. I was in all the podcasts like, oh, I watched the NYXL scrims. Oh, they look so good in the scrims. And I got mad punished that year. I got egg on my face for believing in, in, the, in the fucking leak scrims. Yeah. So. Yeah. Even the, uh, even the scrims going into last year as well, where, you know, um, we had the opportunity to watch some teams and then it's like, oh, the meta changed. It's just up in the air. Nothing mattered. It's just like, all right, very cool. See you guys in the in the season where it actually matters. Yeah, I think people got their hopes up because they were like, oh, scrims, this is amazing. Like, we can build some analysis on this. And it was just completely waste of time. Just like complete waste of time. Team fairly trying. So don't read into the scrims, guys. It was not great. Um, something else that we need to touch on uh because we love rumors here on the podcast of course we pivoted very hard from brent's time on the podcast where brent was like we don't talk about rumors to now literally every week i'm just like hey what do you think about these rumors guys we have nothing else to talk about (laughs) (laughs) when you're that star for content yeah Yeah. you know uh APAC rumors on Reddit. Gossip tag. <laughs> <laughs> How many upvotes is that? How many upvotes? 58. Oh. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're taking anything now. Oh. <laughs> they literally posted, uh, I think it was Guangzhou Charge. I don't even know if this is official. But they posted Soul Dynasty, Profit, Void, Lee Min. Interesting. Void? Hmm? Uh, I think this roster, was this posted? That's announced, yeah. Yeah, that's announced. Now, I don't know if it was announced. Yeah, huh. yeah, it's one day ago. Yeah, it was announced by that. Dragons, Viper, Hisu, Jinmu. Jin- no, there's no Hisu shot of Jinmu on Jinmu dragons. on the dragons? No way, bro. Can't be. I can uh, maybe see Hisu, but Jinmu? That deep, that damage duo. Hisu and Jinmu together. It's, it's, it's a must-watch TV. No, like, it would be so cursed. It would, like, I... It okay, would okay. be the most entertaining damage to, to watch ever. Here's why it won't happen. Because Viper already... Viper and Jimu already have the same heroes, realistically speaking. Both both Flex DPSs, like Genji Fire. I mean, it's just like... What, Silly season. What really is Jimu doing on this team? He doesn't speak the same language. Um, It's just... I don't think... you got to think... If you're Moon... Do you recruit Jimmu if you're Moon? It just doesn't make sense. I don't know if I buy this at all. Maybe, maybe it's just like, yo, we, we, you know, we're going a bit budget this year. Let's just, you know, throw the spanner in the works and let's see what happens. <laughs> if you want to go budget this year, there's, dude, there's plenty of good, still other Korean seventeen-year-olds that you you could link up. Bro, if you wanted another flex DPS from Korea, top dragons available. Well, I, I don't know if he's available. He's not playing in the. Uh, he's not playing in the. Yeah, he's rumored to be going somewhere. Yeah, oh, this up as well. People are assuming oh it's Seoul, right? This. People think he's going to Seoul, play with Profit. Something like that. Oh, so here's a crazy player that's been rumored for Seoul and I for Dynasty, and I hope this is not true. Profit on Seoul Dynasty, 
And no, not the prophet that's already there. The other prophet. Oh, the other Both prophets, prophets are going to be in the same team. Hey, they, they I'm, that. I'm pretty sure mold. if that tries to go over someone at Overwatch League's desk, I need them to fucking shut that shit down. You can only Why? have one person. All there needs to be a name change. It'd be a fan because favorite. Be name change. No, no wait, I, I, I know. Change. You cannot have two not prophets on the team, Johnny. It's not allowed. I'm not it's doing a, it. Them's the rules. What are you I'm not talking about? We cannot. Okay. What are you, so how can are you going to call the game? Funny Astro, but we can't have that's different. That's the different. different names. Prophet and prophet are literally the same name. How is it that far? One guy called Astro and the other Lastro. Yeah, that's fine. Funny Astro. No, funny funny Astro. Astro. Daniel yeah. Hathaway, his full it's name. Different. Oh, it's the same on. reason that Linksa and Linksa cannot be on the same team. I, I don't make the you rules. You can't have it's, Profit it's, and Profit together. Yeah, That's ridiculous. Exactly. No. Honestly, I'm complaining. at this point, at this I'm point in the we're currently in, I don't think they're going to notice, and I think it will go through. It no, and it will be yeah, funny. Yeah. It'll be funny. Not it's for me, though. If I cast fucking uh, Profit and Profit in the same fucking game, that would suck. And I would just be here It will be balls. I will. All right. Uh, I'm just quickly browsing these rosters. And the reason why I think these rosters are interesting, because you notice there are quite a few names missing from this uh, Korean Open Tournament top 16 rosters. There's quite a Green few typhoon. names missing that are actually like Overwatch League capable players and prospects. And you'll be like, well, maybe Overwatch League teams will pick up these players. And now they're not playing in like the, the tournaments that are going on in Korea. So gives you a hint that maybe they already have a team, but it's yet to be announced. Um, no, this yes, is just the, the big... Open teams though. There's, there's still the other, this is the Open that goes into container stuff, right? Uh, so, so they could be on the. For example, O2 Blast is not on this list. They could be on O2 Blast. Top oh, Dragon could be on O2 Blast. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't think what? this was like open division. I thought this was like some tournament because. I mean, like, if you look at the first page, you, there's there's no O2 Blast. There's no. I don't think Talon's there. There's no. True. There's none of the. There's no like, like a Team Diamonds there. Was, you know what I mean? There's there's none so of like, the big hitters, the heavy hitters. That's what I think it is. Okay. I'm pretty sure. All right. I'll pivot my take. I'll, I'll pivot <laughs> my take from uninformed idiot who doesn't know how the Korean tournament structure works. And I'll pivot to how dare you name an open division team to Korean Typhoon to replicate British It's a good looking team, though. Is it? Is it not to you? Got like three you got, you got, players you got, on you it. You got a few 2022 Toronto Defiant members there. You have Muse, uh, Muse of course, on Tank. You have Finale. Muse Finale, Val Valentine. Valentine's not bad. It's a Valentine. decent team. It's yeah, it's 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 a decent team, but but it's no British Hurricane. It's no American Tornado. This is, I don't know. This is some wannabe shit. I I don't buy it. Also, wannabe Simple's really good. Simple's one of the one of the. He's current. I would say Simple with Bliss gone. Simple might be the current top support prospect. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, this is uh, Arrow has been around for a minute. I don't know, but this dude's been in a contender for ages. Arrow's been around for fucking ever. Yeah, this guy's been here for so long. Dude, he I was just pre Overwatch yeah. League too, right? Am I? Maybe. Look at Arrow's history. Ah, oh, you can't because it's an image, but yeah, Arrow's. I know how the internet works. Okay, <laughs> that's a surprise. You can't, right, you can't drag and drop this next episode. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, wait. No. No. <laughs> Uh, Arrow. All right, here we go. Uh, 2017, uh, he started on Bond Spirit Gaming. He was in O2 as well. Then Talon, hell. then Uprising, Lamau. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so he's been around since 2017. All right, okay, so, yeah, maybe not just before yeah. I watched. Like... Here we go. But yeah, he's been around for an age, though. It was like... Um... So I, yeah. So among the open dev teams, I think that's one of the front runners for sure. Yeah. Based on player quality. Yeah. 
didn't we do like some kind of draft episode like half a year ago where we like drafted people who wanted to get promoted or something into the league? Yeah, I remember we did uh, an yeah. episode like that. Yeah, I think sure I put simple on my list even at that time. I don't even know. I want to believe I did. I'm not sure. Um, anyway, all right, we've speed run. Um, those segments, kind of. Uh, we're one hour thirty into the podcast, and now, ladies and gentlemen, it's and time. now. And now it's time. The meat and potatoes. Og. We're going to kick off our team previews. Moving in to the 2023 season. Um, seasons past, we've done separate videos and we've uh, pre- like preview them on like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, stuff like that. Logistically, it I I, I just don't think it's it's feasible this year. So instead. We're just going to bake them into the Platjet episodes. And my wish as the host and the organizer of this show was that we'd keep the episodes short so we could rant for a little bit. But as it stands, I mean, we're on one hour 30 in. So we'll see. I don't think we need more than like 15, 20 minutes per team, though. So um, we'll see how it goes. So we're going to cover three three teams uh, per episode. Um, and hopefully by then, we'll have done all 20 teams by the time Overwatch League actually starts. Um, some people might realize that we won't have done all the teams going into the Pro-Am. So it's my hope that we can save some of the best Western region teams after the Pro-Am. So we'll treat the Pro-Am a little bit as like preseason event. And then when we've seen some of the best teams play in the Pro-Am, that's when we can accurately like rate the teams better going into the actual Overwatch League season with the regular season games and the stage tournaments and all that stuff. So maybe a bit of a backwards uh, way to do it. But that's the best way I could come up with, really. Because otherwise, we'll do team previews that are outdated by the time that the Pro-Am has passed. So, and then we'll do the official ranking, of course. So, just talking about the rosters, the teams, uh, our, our, our thoughts about them going into this season. And a little bit stuff like that. Um, and today, we're kicking off with three teams. So, just getting it out of the way, uh, really. The first team, I don't think it's a surprise to anyone. Um, and this is not going to be a theme or anything, so don't don't try to read into it too much. But we're kicking the team previous off with the Vegas Eternal. <laughs> Here we go, guys. Starting from the top, I see. Okay, good thinking, Johnny. Uh, yes. The Vegas Eternal. <laughs> no no thoughts, head empty. To oh, the 2023. We even, and we even got a chance to watch this team uh, just a couple of weeks ago in the... Yeah. Uh, in the, in, the, in, the, in the trials for uh, the United States. Did, what, what did, did anyone think, watch guys? that game? Did anyone watch Shamido beat them? I'm going to be honest, no, I didn't. Did beat them. I didn't why? I also team. didn't watch it. I, I value my time. I, I've heard... Okay, from what I heard... Okay, so just for context for anyone, this Vegas Eternal roster, because they're all American, they tried... They did the uh, American Open qualifiers, and they lost to a team that had Samido and Clone Man and a few others... Um, but from what I heard, it was like a meta diff. I think they played like Reinhardt May and just like kind of rolled over them. So I, I think you can't take this too seriously of they lost. It's definitely not a great look, but uh, you, you shouldn't take it too seriously. We've had a lot of questions about this Paris Eternal roster. I think as a whole of it's a bold strategy to not overhaul that roster when they went practically winless last season because um, they won one game, right? Um Yes. Not with this roster. Did Not this roster this win roster. any games? Yeah, I don't think this roster won. Did they? I can't remember when no, they won the game. specific roster won. didn't win, I don't think. Yeah, and so it, it's a bold strategy. They they currently only have five players, so we don't know who their, their sixth is going to be right now. But 
I, I think a lot of us don't really have high expectations for this roster, but it kind of feels like they're trying to pull off a London Spitfire from 2022 where everyone's underrating us, guys. We can, we can do it better than last year. Yeah, so actually looking at some of the, some of the changes from last year, um, obviously it's the same team <laughs> that went, they won one match uh, last year um, after adding this team after A-Sides, I think it was. Um, they won A-sides, um, they added Krawi, who now is replaced by Vulcan, who, Vulcan, who actually was the tank of the contenders team, um, that they won with in the Jotes meta. Um, and so now Vulcan is sort of like rejoining his former team and stuff like that. They have five members as of now. Uh, they of course made a coaching staff change where, um, they parted away with, uh, Faustus and J-Mac and added Empress, who... It's a pretty good resume, to be Is honest. Is he the only you. coach on this team right now? I believe so. Uh, Danger. I don't, yeah, they've not announced another one, right? They haven't announced another sure. But they also need to announce the sixth, right? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, un unless Empress is only a player coach now, which, you know, budget stuff. I, didn't maybe, they? I I, I, why do I feel like this might have been a rumor that they added restrictions for adding a coach as a player for this season? I don't know if that's true. Maybe I, I'm oh, yeah. spreading misinformation. I heard, I heard something about that, but I can't remember where. Yeah, but I, I can corroborate something about that. Yeah, because they wanted to stop people from doing that of just making a five-man roster and then like making a coach a player, but no expectation to play them. Yeah, like th thingy thingy from accounting. Like yeah, Steve from well, there are several teams who haven't announced a sixth player. Um, and I believe there's a deadline for adding a sixth player, whether it's like the thirteenth or something. So uh, it's not the, like the thirteenth. You need a minimum of five players signed. Okay, uh, prior to the season start. So I don't know if that includes Pro Am. Um, so you, you must have a minimum of six players. Yeah. So it's not like they're violating anything yet, but we'll see, of mm -hmm. course, you know, what teams announce the sixth player and stuff like that. I think uh, Soul Infernal, I think, is in the same boat. They only have five players announced as of right now. And well, Valiant has zero, so they're doing better than Valiant. True. Uh, but fun uh, fact, uh, Valiant and New York Excelsior need to have five players signed uh, by March 13th, which is in six days of this recording. So get your shit together. Yeah. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting, all right. Um, so I'm just gonna say it, guys. Vegas Eternal last year, they were really fucking bad. All right, that was they were they what were take. terrible. They were <laughs> yeah. they were really bad. So just running it back, I said this at the end of last season as well. I think it was a bit of a shocking um, decision to continue with this five and expect any kind of change it's an extreme uphill battle not only because you know the players mechanical individual skill like are these guys actually good enough to warrant playing the overwatch league or are there better talents in the contenders for example that deserve a shot instead of them and a chance to prove themselves um but also because like there's no is there like any big environmental uh, change when it comes to like the team chemistry the team vibes stuff like that because that definitely impacts um your motivation to play the game, how you feel about playing the game, uh, your mindset going into matches, your mindset going into practice, um, all this stuff. And like, you know, other pro players that are play for a team, they can back me up. Like all this mental outside stuff, it definitely impacts the way you play the game. So I'm a bit worried that they're kind of like running back with a new tank and they expect some kind of like difference in results. It's sort of like not quite the definition of insanity where like you're doing the same thing over and over again because they have made a few changes. But I am very worried that, like, 
six games into this season, they start off like maybe like 0 and 6, and you go like, holy shit, are they literally just going to do this the entire season again? Uh, I'm extremely concerned about like the long term sustainability of this team if they get off to a bad start. Because then, then what do you do? Do you just like cut the entire team like you did last year? Do, do you just continue with the idea that they're going to massively improve? Like, what do you do? Like, what do you do if you start out bad with this team that, was, that won one match? And it wasn't even them who won it. It was not uh, even them who won the match. Yeah, it was the other guys. The old, I remember that situation. It was, uh, they announced that that Paris Eternal team was going to get cut, and they won the match, and then they got cut. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're Something right, like yeah. Yeah, nothing to lose kind of game. But so this is some... Sorry, it, this just goes back to like what Sideshow said about... Was it him that landed them the like entertainment thieves or something? He did run it like Vancouver or someone entertainment thieves. This is entertainment theft. Like, and maybe you go like, well, there could be Lono Spitfire, you know, they could improve. And like what Hardy did last year, what Hardy did last year was phenomenal. A, a massive improvement from him. Uh, lots of credit to him. This is like having five Hardys. And you expect all of them to like improve massively and pop off? It's so different. I well, I, London had at least they had a best in slot. They at least you know you look at London. It's like well, it's not just they had the best Ryan. They had the best May. Like they they literally had the best possible player in that position to play what they needed to. And you can't say the same about Vegas right now. And I was going to say that the only major hope here I might have, and this is half a joke, is that like well maybe Valiant and New York have worse rosters, so Vegas will be last. So, but I, here's my okay. I'm gonna give you even more copium, which is like this is just trying to you know give us a little bit of entertainment, so it doesn't feel like pure theft. Is that I hope that Empress can come into this team and with an official preseason, with them actually knowing their roster coming together, them actually being able to get some synergy, they will be able to produce better results than when they were just thrown into the deep end last season in the middle of a season yep. with, with like a hodgepodge of players. Not all of them have been a team for the whole time. I would hope that they can put up better performances than they did last year. And if there is a, a more, sadly more players at the bottom end that just consist of contenders players, because that's our assumption that MYXL and Valiant are doing, then maybe they could, can at least go even with those types of teams. I mean, isn't that the whole thing? Um, Vegas's plan of why they kept the players. Partially, it might've been a money thing. But the other thing is, is like, well, this is better than restarting again and building up from zero synergy. At least they can build on the synergy they had from the end of the last season, right? Like it's, it's better than starting from zero, I think was the justification. That alongside with bringing... Uh, over Empress, who's worked with these players before, um, means you at least get to hit the ground running for 2023. And I think Scott's right. At least you know you have a you have a full preseason to work through. Everyone knows what the expectations are. You're not just being thrown into the mix. It should be more positive than last year. But some of the rosters across NA are just so much better than last year as well. So the competition across the board, like even you look at Vancouver, I think Vancouver's team has improved massively compared to last yeah. year. So you don't have that whole like. Oh, Paris versus Vancouver thing. Well, Vancouver's about to overtake quite easily. So Vegas, again, just better hope that Valiant and New York have a worse team. I think it's kind of props to the org in a way too, because they could have left these players just out in the dust completely and their careers would have been over because of the unbelievably bad season last no, year. Valiant will take them up. We, 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 <laughs> sure, okay, yeah. But like the, the narrative and like the talking points we had last year on Plat Chat was they actually might get fucked. 
by this team because they come in and win zero games and then next year rolls around and no one wants to touch them because they've won zero games and they already have that hanging over their head. So a bright spot for the players in this situation that, hey, a lot of you are getting another big chance here at the league. And you, like Scott said, you do have the run-up with preseason. You know the team. Empress is coming in, which looks good. Like, there is a few positives here. And I'm happy that they're getting this chance and they've not just been thrown by the wayside because that would feel fucking terrible. Because there are clearly some talented players here that have just not really given... Uh, have been given the best chance, especially how last year went. Um, will that talent come out? And are they going to be better than a lot of the top teams? Probably not. But they're probably going to be able to contend with the likes of NYXL and uh, Valiant. And it might be a fairly competitive lower half of the table. Like, I know that sounds really weird, but we're going to have a very competitive higher end of the table. But then the lower end too, they are also taking kind of games off each other and whatnot, rather than uh, kind of like, the dumpster fire at the bottom what we had last year right so that's kind of my take on it i don't think they're going to beat some of the top table teams but it's good to see people like dove back in uh has shown some decent ish performances even if they didn't win a single match when they got subbed in halfway through the year like you know to jack's point they all this whole team could have got been given the wub treatment right which is like wub yeah is I genuinely believe is a talented player who got thrown in the deep end, had put up some bad performances, and now the public perception of him as a player yes. is that he's just not exactly. a good player at all. And I think that's quite unfair. Uh, and he hasn't been able to find a team this season. So, you know, I agree with Jack. It's cool that the if Paris is going to throw these guys under the bus in the middle of a season, at least they're giving them a fair chance. But... I, I'm with Johnny here that I'm I'm worried that this team isn't going to compete and the only people they're going to compete against are other teams that aren't putting their best foot forward. Yeah. I mean, if, if this team... I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to be this, this harsh about it. Like, I genuinely don't mean them in, like, ill will or, like, I don't, you know, dislike them personally or anything like that. But, like, if, if they play this entire season out and they don't find that success, it this might be, like, the most... The most um time and patience uh like a roster's ever been given in overwatch to like perform like no one gets the this many chances no one gets this much opportunity to actually like prove themselves before teams go like well sorry guys we're moving on uh sorry it's nice knowing you it didn't work out you didn't win anything uh, we're moving on to a new roster the fact that they renewed or you know continued the contracts i don't know what their contracts look like to carry on over to this season after last year's spectacle i mean it's it's a lot of belief. It's a lot of trust in that these players will get it together, and uh, you know, with the help from Empress, that they're actually going to be um, better this season. Unlike anything I think we've seen in the Overwatch League before. So here's here's hoping it works. But there's also more pressure, arguably, on them because now, they, as you said, like they've had a preseason. You know, they they've had an Empress who's worked with them before, and some of these different um, things going their way, right? So. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very much concerned. Um, and I think we might get to the end of the season and be like, what the fuck was that? Um, or, but hopefully some of these players will, you know, fulfill their potential. Like Dove, for example. Like Dove has been getting a lot of praising on tenors and stuff like that. But if you can't perform, if you can't get the wins, then, you know, the results speak for themselves. Uh, so are, they, are there even that many better options than contenders? Because I'm thinking like, okay, what if they did drop this team and go... We're going to go back to contenders and scout again. I don't follow NA contenders close enough to know the answer to my own question here, but it's just like, I, 
it just feels like it it almost is the better decision to be like give this team another chance start from you know start with the ground running and see how it goes like just looking across i mean maybe you grab who's good right now some people from odyssey or redbird trees like 14 years old so he can't be one you know i just don't know i just don't know if there's really that many other good options from any contenders anyway well, yeah, so. and that, that's that's an important point, right? Like a lot of this team is like Vulcan, uh, Lugmino, Rack Attack. They are Odyssey. They have been the second best team under American Tornado, like back in those days, yeah. who who were in the like in contenders. So they are really some of the best prospects coming out of NA contenders. Just because they didn't perform in the league doesn't discredit their performances prior to that. Yeah, someone brought up a good point in chat. Dallas, Dallas 2018, 2019. They did they did give players a lot of patience and time to perform but that didn't work out uh <laughs> but oh, that's because um, that's because they couldn't bin people in yeah, one month yeah that's because they couldn't get them out of their true. team true. they would have had to pay <laughs> them to get out but um yeah i i, I think I, I think my biggest point is just like as someone who's been there like taking a bad situation in a team and turning it good it's very difficult it's very difficult without like shortcut uh, solutions of like removing a player and adding a new one, trying to change up the chemistry, trying to change up the environment. It's very difficult to take a bad situation, a bad team in Overwatch and like turn it around and like make people fulfill their potential. And that is what I worry about. Like, I don't know if they'll be able to turn this ship around um, with the pressure on them and the expectations this year for them to finally get it together. That's what I'm worried about. So we'll see. But yeah. Um... Let's let's end it on a good note though. Um, if there is anyone who would pop off on this team, what is your favorite part about this roster? What is one player on this team that you're like, we really look forward to see this season that you think could actually um, make things look good for the Vegas Eternal that could um, uh, hopefully fulfill their potential this year? What is one player that stands out to you on this roster? Uh, I'll go then, sure. Uh, Dove. I think Dove is a good DPS player. I think he's shown a lot in contenders and uh, he showed a little bit last year. It's hard to show up when you get put in the deep end, right? And you get kind of fucked on by the rest of the teams because you've only, you've been dropped into the Overwatch League um, halfway through the season. But yeah, I do have high hopes for Dove. Maybe you can show a little something, something this year, uh, a little bit more than last year. I don't know if this is the correct answer, but like this is the play that needs to show up. And I, I kind of felt bad for him last year as well. That's Vulcan. Oh. Especially with the whole NYXL thing. Vulcan's getting a second shot. I don't even know if you can say his last year was a shot at all, but in any he case, he's play. getting a shot. Yeah. No, he, he didn't, didn't play. even fucking play. So this is, I would uh, count this is his first shot, honestly. So, so yeah, he gets a shot. But he's the only tank so far. You know, he's, it's, he's got to get some real work done here. So I hope uh, Vulcan pays off. I'm going to go for the backline. I think the backline had a lot of hype coming into the league, but... They were hit by the worst case of like, they literally came in at the worst time to really have the opportunity to prove themselves. So now they really get a fair shot and they can hopefully do big things from the backline. And this is going to be an important season for backliners because we're expecting to get two support heroes throughout this year. Um, so we're gonna, you're going to need talented players who are able to pick things up quickly. And if they can do that, maybe Paris has a lot more upside than we think or we give them credit for. Yeah, Lukimino was actually considered like one of the better contender flex supports yeah. prospects uh, going into last year. And yeah. I think at the time, a lot of people were speculating that Lukimino would join Lono Spitfire uh, when their whole drama 
uh, and folded before going into into last year, right? Before they added Landon. It was like, well, is it Landon? Is it going to be Lukimino? And I think Lukimino was in that conversation because people recognized that mechanically, Lukimino was or is really good. Um, so he could definitely be a standout player for them. Um, Dove as well. Dove received a, a lot of praise. Uh, was it was it Get Amazed? It was some coach. I can't remember who. Well, no, it was Faustus, actually. We did an interview with Faustus, and Faustus was like, yeah, I, you know, I spent a lot of time with um, Dove in Contenders, and like this guy is primed to be a really good player and put a lot of faith in Dove. So um, I, I think Dove is a good shout here, Jaws, as someone who could step up and you know, make a difference for this team. So um, absolutely that some of these players could step up. Um, and you know, I'm excited to see Vulcan back with the team as well. Because I always thought it was a bit weird to me when they got picked up initially. I was like, oh, they won contenders. And then they got Krawi as their tank instead of Vulcan, who played with them. So, um, so yeah, it was pretty interesting. There, there, are a few, there are a few players on this team that you could really look to that could make a difference this year. So um, I'm looking forward to that. So um, we, we, we tried to do a bit of a, bit of a happy note there to, to end that. But something I want to do for all the team previews is we don't we don't rate them one to ten, uh, twenty because we don't we don't know the other teams yet the roster and stuff like that so we can't really do it but temporary we can at least place them on a tier so where do we put the Vegas Eternal that is what I ask you guys <laughs> they get, they, okay all right I'll be the bad guys they got they gotta uh -oh. go into D tier like they they're gonna be the bottom of the West I like and here's the thing. I, this isn't supposed to be disrespect, and if these players can prove us otherwise, I think we all want them to prove us otherwise. But until they give us any hope or like any semblance to trust them, they just lost to a Samido team in the World Cup trials. As much as that yeah, shit no doesn't way. matter, it, they should be able to get over that hump, even if they're not Samido. really He's going yeah, to ride that shit. Or Samido's the greatest it. player in the Overwatch League in the <laughs> North America, and he needs to get signed to a team. One of those th things is true. Brilliant. But. Bro, Samido it, it, is, is, is laughing himself to the bank, you know? We yeah, beat the he's... Overwatch League team in the World Cup. Samito yeah. versus Las Vegas Eternal. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's churning out the content after beating an Overwatch League team. So. I mean, best way to get clicks, eh? Anything to get clicks, man. Content get... creation, baby. That's, that is content creation. Yep. Uh, all right. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I don't need, we need to... You know, I don't think anyone push. can test Scott on that one. Yeah. Our Sorry, first guys. team is placed. <laughs> there we go. Uh, it'll, it'll look way better once we have some teams on here. I promise. It's, it's off to a rough start, <laughs> but there will be. Let's do another one. Get another one out before we do it. Yeah, get a really good team for the next one, okay? Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll get there. We'll get there. All right. So, finally, what the people have been asking for, we get into some news as well. Um, Let's talk about our next team. Uh, and I figured I'd do this on this episode because they were in the news this past week. So it makes sense. You finally get what you asked for. The Washington Justice team preview. Woo! Announced their roster this past week. Um, very much team. talked about. A pretty controversial roster announcement because they decided to do it in like seven tweets. Super came out of the woodworks. Super's just like lurking. I don't know what the analogy is, but he's just like <laughs> lur lurking. And when it's time, he comes out with the takes. With the, with the tweets, you know, like lays it out, tells it how it is. Um, he was very much upset, of course, that. Uh, well, they were giga stalling forever, and every other Overwatch League team was clowning of them on the timeline for taking seven fucking weeks to come out with. And then doing an announcement of an announcement. 
Yeah, exactly. Like no real surprise. Honestly, they're obviously they're playing into it, and you know, mad props for that. But um, yeah, dude. Maybe a one week less of playing into it would have been nice, but I guess we got the team. Although then again, they might not have signed by then. So I don't know. Maybe they just signed the day of. Fuck knows. Fuck knows. I'm going to keep it real. Just announce the damn roster, dog. Why are you yeah, milking the shit out of this? It's right. corny. Do you need to farm impressions that badly? Wrap it up. <laughs> well, okay. Here's the thing. The, the thing that was crazy to me than that super thing is, did you guys see the clip of... I don't know who it was who said it, but on oh, yeah. Collusion Stream, someone literally just said what the, the team was. They just... They <laughs> oh, just it was Speedily. Someone, it was Speedily. Oh, yes, it Speedily that, yeah. was like... And, and they were like... Uh, yo, why would they scrim us without being on Smurfs anyway? They're pretty much asking for us to announce it. And then they just said the entire roster. And it was like, bro, come on. Like, just give them this. Uh, uh, Toronto link their own roster way at a time. They just start leaking other rosters. Well. Like, oh fuck my it, God. Yeah. I would recommend people, if you haven't watched that clip, to literally go and find that Twitch clip from Kulu Stream. It's genuinely gold. It it's, very it's so fucking funny. Justice to try to milk it day by day, like one player per day, and Speedly's like, ah, the no, no, oh no, 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 no. Because they're chilling in spawn. <laughs> they're loading into ranked and they're chilling in spawn, just waiting to start Blizzard World. And I think speedily goes, like, not even streaming. It's on Collusion Stream and speedily goes, like, what happens if I do just, like, say the roster? But anything bad happen? <laughs> and Collusion's like, I don't know, man. Maybe you'll get like, get, like, fined or something. I don't know. Like, I don't think they can do anything. <laughs> and speedily just says he just rattles off the names and Kulu's just like all right cool man <laughs> and just, just <laughs> carry on with their day like yeah. they don't give honestly a fuck. you know fuck fuck props bro like fuck it you just don't give a shit and that's kind of funny it, it was amazing yeah and then especially with how the roster looks you're just like did he make that shit up or is it actually like the roster they're uh, playing with because taking a look uh, let's take a look first at uh, the roster that they uh, got rid of going back from last year. So, of course, last year, Kalios, Opener, Krillin, Assassin, Decay. Uh, they had Happy for a while uh, before we went to the LA Gladiators. Vigilante got traded to Atlanta Reign. Mag went to the Boston Uprising. So, moving away from this very stacked Korean roster that we hoped for so many years that they would just be a fantastic team. Had some issues always like on the cusp of qualifying for stage events and stuff like that and instead they've announced this uh with coach get amazed of course uh i think they did extended trials and stuff like that the roster is starting with tank ben best mirror alpha yi flora fd god and tiro as your flex support yeah what? like i heard <laughs> i saw the i saw the greatest representation of a reaction to this roster um, you guys know that meme of the half-drawn horse on one end, it looks amazing. Oh, yeah. And it just looks like it just looks like a child's drawing. It's like, yeah, so you start out with four Alfie, great looking horse, and it just becomes a child's drawing after that. It's like actual the Scrabble bag team. Like, what the fuck? How did this even happen? But I mean, individually, some of their bits are pretty decent. How long is when did Ben Best last play? Oh, he's, he's been playing in EU contenders. Yeah. He's been playing. He's um, been playing since the second, 2020 second first season. Europe. Yeah, in 2020. 2020 was the last time we played Netball Street, right? Yeah. With Paris, because yeah, he was on the team with Sparkle, right? Sparkle, mm -hmm. Hanbin, yeah, Fielder, Hanbin, yeah, Field, yes, holy shit, and yeah, maybe Doha. I can't remember if Doha. Was uh, Exi, Exi, that was it. Yeah, wow, that like that is a name I'd never thought I'd see again. 
don't know about anybody else, but I didn't think Ben Best would uh, step back into the into the fray. And honestly, not bad. Like to be fair, grinding contenders making his way back in. Who is the other? Uh, who's the other guy? Kalios did the fucking almost did the Kalios right. Kalios goes to Overwatch League, goes to OD trials contenders back in the Overwatch League again. Like the full fucking cycle. Ben Best not quite there, um, but hey. If he's been grinding away and he thinks he's, uh, they think he's good enough, then then fair, I do, fair shout. I do feel bad for him. Two years away from the Overwatch League, that just he, um, seems like an impossible feat to come back and like smash people. What I, what team was he meant to get on? I think in 2021 he was meant to be on a team. He revealed this on a stream. He he was meant to be on a team, and then some visa shit happened, and he didn't end up being there. Mm. Uh, do you guys remember right. that? It was 2021, I, right? I do remember that. I do remember that he was... Uh, there was something going on with his visa that stopped him from being able to to do it. I, I, I remember what you're talking about. I, I have no context yeah. of what it is. Oh, I can't remember what team it was. I'm trying so hard to remember what team it was. For some reason, I'm pretty sure it's an APAC team. It's ridiculous. I know it sounds crazy, Fusion but I'm London? pretty sure... Um, yeah, off the, oh, no, chat's off the group uh, as well. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I, I remember him talking. Oh, he, that he said it on stream. He yeah, said it I on stream. He's like, I got, I got a league offer, but I, but it, it fucking blew up because of the visa or whatever. It's like some reason. So he, he, I feel, I, feel, he's super unlucky. Yes, he but, was meant to come back. Um, well, like we need to remember, this was 2021, like peak COVID. It was hard to get visas during those this time. It was like all the. All the uh, concerts were like shutting down and shit like that. Cause I had to deal with my visa and stuff at that point too. It was, dude, it was fucking nightmare to get anything to do with a visa through the consulates. Cause they were backed up cause they were closed for so long. Yeah. Really so I, I, I haven't seen what he's been doing in contenders, but, um, you know, part of me has been sort of been like, you know, be maybe be a, a good shot for Ben Best eventually. I just don't know when and on what team. I don't know how good he is anymore. Um, Honestly, getting some of the French guys back is pretty cool. I've, I've always thought FD God was was good enough to come back. FD God is good, but yeah. again, yeah, I don't I don't know what team. But I think I think I think he got a bad rap from Shock. I think uh, I the whole um, he got scapegoated so hard on that team. It probably wasn't deserved. He didn't um, play well. Like let, let me do this. He didn't play well. Like the, the, a lot he of that wasn't, team didn't he play well. Wasn't but he reason. wasn't the only issue. Yeah, like yeah. he wasn't people, the only people, issue this team failed. People made it out like FD God was the reason Shark were losing or yeah. some shit. It was very disingenuous. I remember so. the New York homestand. Me and Hex did. We were sitting in the or we were like chilling with the some of the players in the player like green room area, and FD God had just fucking landed in America and then played. We were like, "What the oh, fuck? Man. Like, how how are you playing like directly after a flight? Like, it was crazy." But yeah, he I agree with you. He did get scapegoated a lot, and I th I've always thought he was a good Lucio player, very like hyper aggressive. Yeah. Um, and with Teru, who also likes to play very aggressive, quite clearly when he was playing Kiriko at the end of the season, <laughs> I was like, "Fuck, man! Like, this guy hitting heads as Kiri. It was kind of nasty, actually." So hyper aggressive. Can you imagine? Line. Imagine yeah. going up against Washington. It's FD got in Terry running at you mark speed while Ben Best is trying to catch up as a dive tank. Yeah. <laughs> like for me. <laughs> well, yeah. But for me, it's like, I agree. Like, I think Ben Ben Best was good in 2020 as well. You can say it was a matter of circumstance of he was surrounded by a great team at the 2020 Paris Eternal, but he played well. He did not deserve to not be able to play again in 2021. Yeah. So I think he deserves another shot in this league, whether or not you believe in him or not. 
obviously the meme going around is that he went zero and six in trials and that kind of shit. It's like I, I don't, I I don't hate the signing uh, of Ben Best and FD God. Yes, there's probably a little bit of nepotism coming in from Getter Mays being the head coach, but that's just how things run. And I if Getter Mays <laughs> believes in these players, then that's on him. If these players don't perform, yeah, uh, right? he he did bench no Smitty in that Paris team, right? No Smitty. <laughs> Yeah. Wow! <laughs> wow! What that was a Paris team. Let's talk. About, let's talk about. Let's talk about the player that that actually got people up in arms. The the, the biggest question mark for people like why is he here? Obviously, we're talking about Mirror because Mirror's had a very interesting career, right? Because he's been yeah. he's role swapped, which One to be fair is actually interesting. I'd say yeah. He's got a he's weird the hero pool. I was gonna... in the league to play every role officially All three. in the game. Like, which so, wild because he I came just, in as like an actual. He's like a, the, he was the silly hero specialist in Overwatch One, but like Jim his Doomfist was very good, like very very good. And then he was playing like all other random shit. His like echo, like projectile, like DPS, and but um, it, he he really was a silly hero specialist. Then he was on tank. Yeah. Well, he was on support first, I believe, and then he went to tank. I was like, what the fuck? And it never felt. Honestly, it never felt like he truly found a role within the Overwatch League, which is the weirdest thing to say for like a... Like, well, okay, I will in... say, being a silly yeah, hero but... specialist is a role to be filled. Sometimes you just need a no, person to do that. as in, pick a tank, DPS, or support, because oh, he was right, like, right, chop right. and change too much. Like, yeah, sure, a silly hero specialist, that's, yeah, a role. Like, well, a, I think he got Dante. Like, he wasn't meant to be a role. tank last year, but no, like Dante, he kind of just, it was just like, well... It's Doom. Well, we can just put this guy on Doom, I guess. He's a Doom player. Like, he is um, going to play Doomfist for this team. Like, a hundred fucking percent. Yeah, uh, he'll probably also play, he'll also play Zarya. He's not really an off-tank, though, which is a bit of an issue. So, yeah, he plays Zarya and, and Jungle Queen and Doom, but what happens if we get a Sigma meta? Well, yeah, Neither you have to assume Mirror. he knows that. No, you, you would have to assume that Mira is learning how to play Sigma, right? Yes. Which is he, a big question mark. Sure, I he's going to he have to learn how to play it, but when yeah. you go up against Kaluge... I don't care how long he's spending a rank. That's that's not going to that's going to well, be a major up or down. Have to well, give what about Gia Dante Mace, like, then? Right? The benefit of the doubt. Yeah, like how are you not giving Mirror the benefit of the doubt, but we're going to give Dante the benefit of the doubt? Unless I, you're well, not going I, to give I Dante don't. The I don't know that I am giving. I'm giving Dante the benefit of the doubt on certain heroes, but like there's stuff like Ball and Sigma that is very difficult to learn. Um, right. so it's going to be it's going to be tough, even you know for Dante as well. But for Mirror, it's like he's clear. Would you agree that he's probably not the starting tank? Yeah, like I feel like Ben Best is probably the starting player. Yeah, it's I mean, it's so meta-dependent, but... right? Yeah, like, I agree. Literally, if it's a Soria meta, you're not going to play Ben Best and Soria. And like, Mirror no, can okay. actually no, feel Soria pretty good. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah. You know, one, like, one Diva, of the Christians... like, how good is Mirror's Diva? Like, oh, I don't think he's really played Diva. That's the other like, problem, right? Because he's not really an off-tank player. So you kind of have to trust Get Amazed that, like, everything went well and, like, he has belief in them. And I'm like, okay, well, how, how am I supposed as an well, he's a... analyst to, like, accurately, like, portray this team? This dude is apparently know. like he's he's like do I invent a new term? He's a gigaflex now because he plays three roles. But the I thing wouldn't is, be surprised like, you, if we in one meta just, we're like Floor and Alpha, you can't figure out the damage, and like you have Mirror playing damage yeah. and Benbus playing tank. Like I would not you be don't have you you don't have a second flex support. FD God doesn't play flex support, right? So that you're in trouble if you have need a double flex support meta. Uh but Mirror when he did play support, what did he play? What did he play Anna or something? What what hey, did he Rick, actually? Didn't he? On what? I can't. Uh, a lot of DPS has played Brig, so I don't know if that is like necessarily a, a huge deal. If I deal. remember rightly, he played Brig. I can't remember other heroes that he did play, but... Yeah, it was a bit of a silly, like, he played all three roles, but like, okay, well, you know. I feel like he played Anna. Maybe he yeah, he played I, Anna why do I feel like he played Anna as well? Why do I remember Anna? Am I crazy? Yeah, 
I, 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 I think I remember Amir Honor as well. We've said all the chattel saying every hero send Brig Bap. So we've almost had all the heroes now. So yeah. okay. okay. Well, he's also right, flex DPS, so he he can cover some of the DPS gaps if there are any for certain metas for Flora and Alpha E. No, I, I hope can... they don't do that. I I there's there's I I think teams need to move away from this idea of someone like Mira who plays multiple roles in a season. I just don't think it works very well, and it just reeks it's of not like ideal, desperation, right? But I'm trying to figure out what Mira's job on this team is. Then yeah, I don't agree with it. Is he, is he, but is I can he, see is he it just, happening. Is he yeah. is he just a Doom Zarya two trick? Well, what is his role? Well, what no, I think he, you, I think if they are signing him to this role, he needs to be expected to play all the off tanks. He needs to know how to play Diva. He needs to know how to play sigma if he shows up and he can't play those heroes it was a bad signing in my opinion because that is his role he is the off tank player for the paris eternal if he can't do that then i think it was Should a bad just, signing. you've signed so, a dps plays an off tank yeah so like, th this is where it gets really difficult for me to like believe in this team because you're telling me that essentially to like be comfortably and rate this team pretty highly like a mid-table team I'm going to have to put so much faith in just like Mirror will be able to pick that up. And it's, it, I, I find it like a huge leap of faith. Like the honest question is like, I don't know what their off tank situation will look like. I don't know how good it will be. And it makes me uncomfortable to go on record and just be like, ah, I think it'll be fine. You know, trust, get amazed. It'll work itself out. It'll be great, guys. Uh, but honestly, like I have pretty, you know, some doubts about this team. Um, you know, if we yeah. just ignore the fact that get a maze coach this team, if we ignore the fact that they're on Washington Justice. If you told me that this roster of these six players was the Vancouver Titans for 2023, I would be like, yeah, this seems like a Vancouver Titans team with all the reputation that they have of historically underperforming since they got rid of their Korean roster. It's it's a little bit all over the place, and I don't know what to make of it. And I, mean, I can't, don't feel comfortable about rating them like pretty good. Is Alpha Yi basically just a spire from last year? Like, is it not like kind Ooh, of one to one I, there? I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, have, uh, you have like you have like this one really good player, and then it's like, ah. Uh. I mean, Alpha Yi last year, all he did was pretty much play Tracer, and his Tracer is really good, and he played Reaper. Those were his two most played no, heroes. No, Genji. Genji, yes, Genji's forget about the Genji metas. He carried hard in the Genji he, metas. He's also good at Echo, played, I believe. He played Echo, and yeah. he played Fire. He was one of the few Echo, players to play Fire. In fact, yeah, okay. he played more Fire than Jinmu. He played the most fire last year of anybody. Why do I think that he he played like his most played were Tracer and Reaper? I would have said that his most played were Tracer and Genji actually, because we had more Genji metas than sure. Reaper metas. Really? All right. Yeah, I, I I could I could see that. Okay. Well, spend some time talking about Alfie and uh, well, what what you think of him? This here's the thing for me. This whole roster, other than Alfie, Alfie is the known quantity of this team. This, I don't know if anyone's watched this, and I, I use this on my stream of, have you guys watched the documentary Last Chance You on like Netflix? Because this is literally what it feels like for a lot of these players. These are players who didn't really have anywhere else to go and no one was really interested in picking them up. So they've all ended up at the Washington Justice. A lot of them have history in the Overwatch League. A lot of them have, you know, some form of success, but then they've fallen away from that and people aren't interested in signing them. It's the true with the coaching staff as well, right? You got uh, J-Mac, Danny just got let go from the Atlanta Reign, yeah. and then you got Get Amazed, right? So these players have a lot to prove that they can still hang with the league. But my big problem that I have is there's just so many question marks across the entirety of the roster other than Alpha Yi. Like, Avril, you even glossed over Flora and said, I like the DPS line. I'm not in love with Flora as a hitscan player. He did 
okay in 2021 when he was on a team that was expected to be bad and he was like the best of the bad. But last year, he had a better team around him and he didn't perform very well. So I'm not even sold yeah, that Flora is a great hit scan. Um, I'm giving I'm giving a little bit of room there for maybe improvement, but it's like Alpha Yi is clearly the best player on this team, yeah. which is why when you talk about like this feeling like a bit of a leftover team, the one player that probably could have and maybe even should have, but probably definitely could have like been on a much high quality team is Alpha Yi. I feel like he would have, I don't know what other offers he got. Was Justice really the best offer he got? No idea. But to me, he seems like a way better player compared to everybody else. But um, yeah, Flora, he's could be decent, but uh, yeah, the whole NYXL saga for Flora has not been great. There is a world in which this team, I don't know if Ben Best still has this identity as a tank player, but this team could be really good in a rush meta. And I actually think there's a world in which we enter a rush meta at the start of the season and this team starts quite well, right? If Flora's on that Cassidy or Sojourn and is able to play it at a high level, Alpha Yi on the May, you got Ben Best on the Reinhardt, FD go on the Lucio, Teru plays like a Bap or a Kiri. I can see this roster being quite good in that. It's when we start moving over to dive tanks or, you know, the Sigma metas or, you know, holes in mirrors, hero pools, right? That's where I start to get worried about this team. So I think it does give me a little bit of London vibes of, you know, not a lot of people that trust this team or have a lot of faith in it. And it's probably on Get Amazed to have a Christopher season of just like rally this team together. Right. Even if you play some rush meta with like Ryan Binbess, is it going to work? With mixed language and exactly. some, that's the hard like, part, right? Alfie yeah, hasn't played on an English London, roster. I don't think Flora has either. Alfie has never and played on a mixed team. You, you, you need so team. much synergy. You need insane synergy to pull that off. I don't think Justice Justice can do that. Yeah, I, I think that that's something that we haven't really touched on too much is the language barrier of there's multiple players who had never played on a Western team. You have a couple of European players. It's going to be a an uphill battle getting everyone on the same page and working as a seamless unit and that's on top of all the issues we've already highlighted yeah and you know i do want to spend a few minutes talking about get amazed as well as a coach because he was someone that was genuinely like a coach of the year candidate when he was in charge of um paris eternal was it in 2021 um yeah. where they 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 were like a mid-table team they got some nice wins no one really expected them to um to get those wins at all and people gave uh, get amazed a lot of props then he ended up departing the team was replaced by jmac and everything just like fell apart for the Paris eternal it was like a house of cards and everything just like collapsed and they ended up getting that uh, contenders roster that they have now the vegas eternal um so i still have a lot of respect for get amazed and you know i i, I actually spoke to him in the offseason as well and was like hey i you know i really hope you get a gig because like you're you're one of the better coaches we have. And I genuinely believe that. Well, I am curious to see, though, how some of these Korean players like respond to his coaching style. Because it seemed like he was really good at getting everyone on Paris Eternal on the same page. Um, you know, motivating them. There were those videos that came out where like he motivated them, like got them going for like a reverse sweep. And it seems like he's a fantastic like player coach. Like he's he like really gets everyone um happy playing together and like makes for a great team structure so how are like alfie floor and tiru going to fit into that i think I, th I think that's a bit of a question mark and we'll see how that goes but it's going to be interesting to follow this team throughout the season because of that by the way i'm glad that there's like there's no beef or bad blood between get amazed and jmag the fact that get amazed is like yeah we'll get jmag back in i've worked with this guy they know how to work with each other and they had good results in 2021 that seems pretty cool to me yeah jmag is another shot as well yeah to to get amazed so 
the, the, getting getting the band back together from yeah, Paris early 2021. Yeah, um, yeah, it's it, it's it's going to be um, it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, West the Western region is pretty stacked. I'll say that though, and just looking at this roster doesn't get my my hopes up. I need to see it. I need to see it first. I just can't can't go out of my way to be like, oh, this is a mid-table team. Oh, they'll compete many, with like, uh, some of the better teams in the region. How many teams, go to, teams. how many teams go to playoffs? I don't. I don't uh, they haven't said how many go to playoffs, but there's only six that make it to the mid-season madness. Okay, they're probably not going to be one of the six. Uh, there's only top no, four from NA. Yeah, you have to be top no. four in NA. But I'm trying to I think, did, like, that, can, can, chart, can Justice man. even get to playoffs is my biggest question, because it's going to be probably hard. Be more... Let's, I, let's pretend it's 12 teams. 12 teams in the West or 12 teams overall? Probably 12 teams overall, you'd think, 12 right? teams overall for playoffs, surely. You don't have less than 12 teams for and playoffs, right? And you'd send, like, 8 from the West, maybe 9 from the West. You'd probably do 8 be, from the West. Do you 7-5 or do you do 8-4? 8-4, right? I think you'd do 8-4, yeah. Sense. Yeah, 8-4. Okay, let's pretend it's 8-4. A Washington Justice top 8. No. That's uh, the biggest question. Well, okay, here's I the think thing. Right I think... They're on the yeah, they're on the cusp, and I think that that comes down to them and their performances overall. Uh, like if we put them in, like if I, I don't know if I, I don't want to jump the gun on where I put them in a tier list, but I think they're they're above you know what we're expecting the Valiant, the MYXL, the Paris Eternal. But I would struggle to put them higher than that. C is the definite spot. I don't think you can ever put them higher than that. I, this is it. This is a you have to prove it to us, team. Yeah, I I mean it goes back to we don't need to discuss the other teams as much to, to like spoil you know the the thing, but like it goes back to what Avril was saying as well about like Vancouver Titans. They have a nice team, and like yeah, those are one of the that that's one of the franchises that you would probably be competing with for like one of those play in playoff spots, right? And so the question is, is Washington Justice better than that? I don't know, man. Like we they're a bit of an unknown quantity so, this team, so they'd love to show it to us. If if we pretend that. Well, let's just say that Rain, Boston, Shock, Defiant, Glads, Houston should be a pretty clear top six, not in no particular order. And then the next two oh, teams after the that, oh, I'm jumping the gun. After, it's it's gun. probably like a Florida, London situation. Justice have to beat either Florida or without knowing well, Valley I don't think, New York. I don't think they're that good. I'm sorry. I don't think they're comparable. I think don't think absolutely not comparable to Florida. So. Well, there it is. So if Justice can't beat Spitfire or Mayhem, then they don't make play. They don't, they're not a top eight team, straight up. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Well, so. yeah, they're unlucky. What do we think then, guys? C I, C, C I maximum. Agree, C maximum. Yeah. Washington Justice goes in C. Yep. We're all in yep. agreement. Sounds pretty. Let's see. It's C with Hopium, by the way, is what it is. Because yeah. realistically, there could be D. This is C with Hopium. If it, if it all comes together, it could easily be like a top six NA team. Like, like if oh, you need. Okay. 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 Well, <laughs> wait, I just got myself. Oh, okay, yeah. Wait. Let me. Let me just. I think there is potential for them to sneak into top six. Not easily. Sorry. There is potential to think if they all if they hit the right meta, their players play at the highest level that they can, and then some other teams start to struggle. Like maybe they do get over London. Like I could see Washington being better than London. Is sort of my point. 
It's not top six though, because top I six is, is more that. like lads. Oh yeah, actually, yeah. I okay top eight. Okay, I've over, I've over, I'm sorry. I that was I got a little wild on that one. Yeah, uh, top eight. <laughs> He's gone a little wild on that one. Uh, well, let's <laughs> just Johnny, you got to cut the last minute of the one. I can't have that being up. Really back Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's happened. Clip it. Post it on Twitter. It'll be on the video. All right. Unfortunately, the justice goes in C. Well, we've done a pretty good job with time here, guys. We, this is the best we've done on time in a long time. We've got one more team and then we're done for the day. And then we'll go back to the team previews uh, next week as well. We have one more team we wanted to discuss. Um, and uh, this week is going to be the Toronto Defiant. So we know what their team is now. They've announced all the coaching staff. Uh, maybe they'll sign one more player. Uh, you know, certainly some of their players have made it publicly known that they would like to see one more player added to cater one specific need for this team. Uh, but it's yet to be known. There's even been some kinds of like recruiting going on by some of the players, uh, trying to speak with some of their former players that may be like, hey, would you come here and uh, <clears throat> play a little bit of wrecking ball for us perhaps because some of our players don't want to play that hero. Um, so it's yet to be determined uh, if this is the complete Toronto Defiant roster. But, you know, at a first glance, it's pretty much American Tornado missing a couple of players. There we go. Colucius Tank, Hydron, Sam, Speed, Lesser, Damage, uh, Damage Trio, and OG, Ultraviolet, and Surmogel as your support trio as well. So pretty well-rounded team overall, looking at the coaching staff as well. Uh, Casores is going to be the head coach after a long session with the San Francisco, a long stint with the San Francisco Shock. No Hill and Weeds as your assistant coaches. So a, a well-rounded team here, guys. This team could pop off. I am so excited about this team. This is a big roster too, by the way. Wow. Seven players. That's crazy. <laughs> and they have a hole. <laughs> and they have a pretty glaring hole at seven players as well. Yeah, the tank getting three supports and three damage and then missing a tank feels a bit weird. Um, considering most teams I feel like would rather have an extra tank player to fill the gaps of like off tank, main tank, etc., like die brush tanks or whatever the fuck. Um, but honestly, like overall, ignoring that, can't really ignore it, but I'm gonna ignore it right now. I look quite like the look of this team. And I think it's very hyped that it's American Tornado. I think that's very cool. And I think this is kind of what, it's not exactly like Runaway-esque, right? They go to the Titans and then just start dominating. That's not going to happen. But it's still cool to see players that have played together before in previous teams and especially in Tier 2. And um, how um, integrated Tier 2 is now with uh, the Overwatch League, with like Pro-Am and shit. Like, I think this is pretty fucking hype. I, a lot of players, a lot of people in the Tier 2 community were pretty fucking set on a lot of these players coming to the league before they actually made their debut and now they're all back together the boys are back like i don't know about you guys but this is one of my toronto divide was one of my favorite teams last year and now i'm like oh i actually really like this new uh, look from this team I i'm pretty damn excited I think they bring a lot of personality to the league as well. You can just see the content that they've been yeah, pushing out. They're true. doing. They're, they're in like a cabin in the snow woods right now, just fucking running out, running out of content, and just like having yeah. fun. There's a lot to like about this team. There's a lot to dislike from some people. You know, some people aren't going to do that, but that's good. These guys are going to be kind of like the villains of the league, and they're going to talk their shit. They're going to have fun. They have a great culture, and I'm excited to see because they are all talented players. For me. I'm not sold that this roster as a whole can be championship competitive. Like, are they going to be able to compete with the best in the West when you got the Houston Owls, when you got the San Francisco Shock? 
I think they'll be able to, you know, have matches against them and be close. But I'm, I, I'm thinking I'm going to struggle to see this team go above like five. Struggle oh, like to around, go above five. Uh, no, sorry, around five. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. I'm using my words wrong. They're going to be around five. All right. That's fine. We're helping you, Scott. We're, we're holding yeah, your yeah, hand. Yeah, we're, we're walking sure me through, say... old man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's all good. Yeah. I, I do think it's interesting, though, because I don't want to dismiss like their upper potential. Um, I think that we have a tendency to look at some of the other teams in the region, whether it's, you know, the Boston Uprising with, you know, maybe not the best example, but like tons of like star names and like historic names that are on that roster. Um, you know, I watched, <laughs> I did like a rewatch thing in my Discord uh, yesterday, and we watched the 2018 Stage One final, and Birdring was like the player of the match in 2018. Just like oh, his Widowmaker yeah. was insane, bro. And he ended up winning that series. It's like, oh, Birdring in 2023, holy shit. Um, Houston Outlaws, I mean, sure, they have Fearless, Shu, um, incredibly stacked team. But I do want to think that like Toronto Defiant this year, they have the names that will become those star names eventually. Like, I think there is so much potential on this roster, but the fact that they've had a pretty short stint in the league, uh, you know, most of them just, well, pretty much all of them have just played one year in the league. They haven't had a chance to, like, really build out their name and that name recognition yet. Whereas I think that they could absolutely be this fantastic team this year. So, you know, some people might look at this team like, oh, you know, they're getting back together. We don't know what we're going to get. I generally think this will be like one of the best teams in the league. Um, and, you know, maybe not number one, maybe not competing with like for the championship title, but definitely top five, I think, in my opinion. Because I think this is like the next generation of Overwatch players coming in. I like their mentality. I like their aggression. I like their vibe. Like, I think they bring so much to the table here um, that I think... Is sort of like the recipe for success, the recipe for having a successful team. Um, incredible team chemistry, aggressive players, uh, proactive players, great mechanics uh, on so many different parts of this team. Whether you're looking at Hydron, who is genuinely could be, you know, an award-winning player next year, to OG and Ultraviolet, who's like the best support duo coming out of contenders going into last year. Speedily was immensely hyped up. There is, I, no pun intended, shocking amount of talent on this roster. Um, and I genuinely think they could perform better than people expect them to this year. So I'm, with, I'm on the hype train pretty much. With Kasaurus as well, uh, learning from the almighty Krusty, yeah. I'm pretty excited to see how Kasaurus does. And with uh, <laughs> No Hill obviously is like a, whoa, what the hell? But like, that's kind of cool too. You know, I'm glad, I'm glad a lot of the uh, Chinese players management uh, coaching staff or whatever are also finding other jobs elsewhere because... You know, the China situation is rough and uh, No Hill, you know, uh, alongside Kasaurus could pop off. I, I want to mention that social media video, the snow video, actual European uh, European person moment. All the Americans are like jumping in the snow, like, fuck this shit, what the fuck? And then Kasaurus is just laying into the snow, like actual European moment. I guess <laughs> <laughs> snow on the fucking daily. It was a very funny video. But yeah, I think with uh, Kasaurus learning from uh, Krusty and being on the shot for a long time, he he's... I would imagine he would be able to identify what it takes to uh, championship winning roster or close to be uh, with the San Francisco Shock, but championship qualities in a team and players. And I am pretty hyped for him to try this out. This could also backfire completely and maybe he's not a good head, ho head coach, but with his time on the Shock, I'd find that extremely hard to believe. Yeah, in many ways, I think he's, you know, 
what what are the per like the best fits <sighs> like coaching to team like i think casaurus will sure. i and i i think despite the fact that some of these players are a bit silly at times despite the fact that they're like brand sometimes just like fucking around and leaking rosters literally <laughs> literally leaking Overwatch League rosters on stream leaking bots leaking scrims i think i think they're very serious about their competitiveness and speaking to yeah. Kalush as well the the interview that me and Custer did like i got the, i got the sense that like despite all the silliness and fun and you know they really like know how to have a good time like Kalush is pretty serious at the end of the day like he he's here to win and you know um win matches and i think they're going to listen to their coach i think they're going to you know, respect Casaurus, uh, having had experience with him as well. So I think it's a perfect fit. I'm, 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 I'm very bullish on this team. The obvious question is, you know, the Wrecking Ball spot. Um, who's going to play Wrecking Ball for this team? Um, I think Kalush was like, I'd literally like, well, was there a quote or something where he was like, I'll, I'd rather like quit the team than play Wrecking Ball or something well, like no, that? Well, no, he said, he said they're going to be in need of a 30-day contract if, yeah. Uh, if if a wrecking ball is required, he's essentially said that he just does not like wrecking ball as a hero, and he is unwilling to learn it. Obviously, I hope there's not that much truth to that because he is the only tank on this team. You alluded to it, Johnny. There's Reiner would now. fill this hole quite nicely. Reiner, but, yeah. You know, obviously or Reiner Mikey. is. Oh, uh, well, Mikey's on a collegiate team right now, so I don't know if he's able to just fuck peace out of that. Um, but like Reiner, obviously going through some personal stuff, so he's not able to play this year. But I, 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 I like this team as a whole and their players. I don't think they have many holes from the scrim that we saw. It looks like Sam is going to be the tracer player, but they also talked about it on the podcast that me and Johnny did with them of speed could do it. I think they have a lot of options of like how they, what they want to do with that roster. Their backline has no holes, with, especially with all three players. I think they got a lot of mechanical prowess there. So for me, the only big question that I have for them is, the synergy as a team and the coaching, as Jack just alluded to, and then the tank setup. I think they would be very good in a lot of metas, but if we do enter in a Wrecking Ball meta, even a Winston one, Kaluge sort of identified how much he struggled with Winston on the shock. He had great players around him, so I think that probably made him a lot more confident and he had a great coach in Krusty. Is he going to be able to replicate that on the Toronto Defiant? Can I team... um, make a comment too? Sorry, uh, sorry, Kevin. Um, Thank fuck we have this kind of roster too with personalities on it. Yes. Because one sure. of the big things in, I, you could say almost any esport, is that gamers are gamers. And like the problem with that is True. a lot of them uh, not that sociable. Maybe they are, uh, you know, with their friends and shit like that. But like online personality wise, there's a reason why Super was one of the or like the not one of he was the face of the Overwatch League when he was in the in the league because he's a funny motherfucker. He knows when to be funny and knows when to be serious, and he he's just a big fucking personality. There's a reason why he's a very good streamer now, like a very big streamer because he's just a funny dude and he has a very good personality for that kind of content. Um, on this team, and what Toronto Defiant did a lot of last year, they did do a fair amount of like personal content and like content around the team and the players and shit like that, which is great and. This team now, I would say, is an even better fit for that. I've already seen some, like, dumb, small videos from, like, Sam 
um, talking about uh, being a cat boy and shit like that, and like small clippets and just random bullshit. But like that random bullshit is so important to build the brand of not only the players, but the team as a whole. You're definitely going to get a lot more fans if the players are likable, they're funny. And a lot of the, um, a lot of the teams we've had in the past don't really have the identity. Yeah, they've still got fans because maybe, you know, oh, I'm a fan of um, this team because they're either my city or I really like this player from this team and I follow them a lot. But as a completely brand new roster to a team, having that initial burst of fan base from people's personalities, because Hydron is also a, a funny dude. C the Collusion Reiner making out on stream, like on the on youtube.com forward slash Overwatch League and a lad almost making out, like that was funny as fuck. Like it really, like last year really did emphasize a lot of personalities from players. And that is what you want if you're going to pick up a whole new roster. So I, I would say that is also one of their biggest strengths, which is a complete out of game thing. But that is something that's going to sell jerseys. It's going to sell merch. It's going to sell the team to a lot of people that maybe weren't a, t a fan of Toronto to find all these players before this year. So I think that's another important thing to kind of point out to not only... Are they good players, but they've got personality. So I think for me, this team is sitting somewhere between third and fifth for me so far with Shock Houston being sort of sitting in their top two. But it's a team that also has, I mean, you throw them in a, I'm, I'm picturing right now, like what is a perfect situation for this team? Sigma double flex support meta. I could see them really punching above, like really mm. punching high. Um, So, I mean, they, it's, it's got some real potential, this team. It's got some real reach. Uh, a lot of the strength of this team and, and how they place in NA, I think, is going to come down to how the new Atlanta and Boston rosters sort of handle themselves with trying to get all their players um, to function with a lot of superstar power there. But, you know, they're new teams, and I'm, I'm big on pre-existing synergies coming to this year. This is why I rate Shock so high. This is why I put Toronto somewhere between three and five as well, just because... I know it's the AT cores, you got the O2 Blast core, having these known quantities of players that have worked so long together that know how they function together. And then on top of that as well, you bring in coaching staff like, you know, Wheats has been with his team for a long time and Kasaurus is someone that we all, and the players as well, regard highly. Um, yeah, speaks well. But uh, I, I don't think they're below five for me. I'm not confident enough to put them above three for me either. Am I crazy also to think that in some ways... This is kind of like, in terms of ranking and, and perceived power, almost like an Atlanta Reign from last year. In, in, in the case where Atlanta Reign was kind of gatekeeping fifth, but has the potential to maybe be as good as Houston last it's year on the top pieces. of the game. Yeah, sure. I have more confidence in this team than I did Atlanta last year because I think Atlanta had a lot of downswing and we saw that downswing in that year last year because there was a lot of... Um, mm -hmm holes and just sort of like some of their play they had a lot of rookies as well no one in here is a rookie wait i'm just looking through the list yeah no one's here's a rookie they haven't been in the league for a long time but they've at least got an experience and it's kind of funny that they all got experience from different different teams and then they're mm -hmm. coming back together so i think they'll be able to use a lot of that knowledge from different teams and make their team even stronger so i i like this team more than atlanta last year but i like the comparison to, to be fair in atlanta last year the next teams after atlanta in terms of ranking are teams like london florida toronto right the old toronto so i think it got a lot well actually london uh, beat atlanta a couple of times but outside of that it starts to get a little bit weaker after that but uh yeah um that's just where my initial like thoughts landed and i'm like yeah this could be a gatekeeper team if they if they do just kind of land fifth 
they just stop anybody else from reaching that top five. It's like, no, you don't get to join this club. Um, but I'm you know, I'm trying to look at the other rosters, like who could really challenge? Could could Florida or London do some damage? Actually, Glads is probably the other team. I think Glads is is a question mark for me in terms of how they will interact with this kind of echelon of team. I think but, Florida's um, sneaky good as well. Like I think Florida oh, could could compete. With I am this looking team. forward to that team preview. Yeah. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit. Well, um, I think I think for me, Toronto just I I believe in a lot of the pre-existing synergies, but they they need some metas as well uh, because you're you're going to get in a situation where Kaluj being your only tank, and I have the same criticisms of other, of other tanks. You know, we talked about Dante a little bit earlier, right? Yeah, he's learning XYZ hero, but he's got to go up against people who have been on this hero for their entire careers, and they're specialized and top of the league on them. You know, you're going up against Kaluj and Max and Sigma, for example. You've got players that have played ball for far longer. Uh, Kaluj has definitely got some holes in there he's to match up, and even if he does learn them, he's, is he going to match Felix on Winston? It's going to be difficult. Is he... You know, okay, his off tank's probably fine, but... The off tank situation is pretty competitive as well. You've got Max Hawk out there. Um, okay, it's really just them, but uh, you know, maybe Dante Zari on a good day. Yeah. So I, we we touched on it briefly, or at least a little bit. But I, I would like to hear more. Like, how worried are you about this Kalush solo tank thing? Because Wrecking Ball is obviously a concern, but also like we mentioned it with the. The, was it the Washington Justice preview? Like we could just head into a Reinhardt meta, and then we might see collusion Reinhardt. Like, is, I is, thought about that. Is like, is this like a genuine, like a like a thing that could turn really bad quickly for the Toronto Defiant? Where you're like going into the season, it's like, oh, we're fine. We got collusion playing tank. You know, his Winston was uh, pretty good in the playoffs, even though they preferred Mikey in the grand final, so he can fail. Like, if we go into a Reinhardt meta, then surely you're trying to refine it and you're like, shit, what do we do? Like, they kind of need one more tank player to really play ball and Reinhardt. Reinhardt, I have less concerns about because Reinhardt just... I, I feel like it's like the Reaper... Was it the Reaper gene that Avast talked about? Like, I could absolutely see Kaluz just having the Reinhardt gene because it's really just... It's a thinking man's hero in a lot of ways of... It's just about identifying the matchups and putting the, like, time in and just... As soon as you've learned the tech, the tech isn't that complicated and, like, teaching yourself how to do that. It really is just about, you know, playing it head-to-head. And we've seen a lot of people just, like, randomly go on it and have success. I would trust Kaluz on that. Wrecking Ball, though, if he, like, refuses to practice it and doesn't want to do it, that's really where I think they have a big issue, especially with Wrecking Ball is, like, eatering on the edge of being, like, very meta right now with how they've changed him with the 150 shields and stuff like that. Yeah. That, that would be one of the things where, I, like, I look at this roster and I'm like, oh, I love this roster. It's going to be great. Oh, they're primed for success. Amazing roster. And then I'm like, actually, hold on. Like, they could literally just, like, get derailed and get, like, 7th or 8th because they don't actually have a Reinhardt or a Wrecking Ball player. And it's a genuine concern. So, um, that, that is a bit of a problem. One last thing before we get to ranking this team as well. I want to know your thoughts on Speedily as a prospect. Because Speedily spent most of the time last year on the bench waiting to turn of age where he could actually play the game. But when he was signed with the Atlanta Reign going into last season... I was one of the first people out the gate who was like on board the hype train, uh, train and I was like, yo, speedily, one of the best rookies like going into this year. This is going to be amazing. Came into Jotes and he was okay. Like he was good. You know, were they trying to play him on Echo? 
they did try to play him in, in Enic Echo, uh, especially going into the playoffs. They were big rumored to play Echo during the playoffs, right? And then people had to move away from that, right? Uh, he played lots of Genji, Echo. Um, do we think that, like, Hydron and Speedily, how do we rate this duo of Hydron and Speedily? Do you think it's, like, one of the best damage duos in the region? Or do you have your... Do you think they're, like, middle of the pack? Where do you sort of stand on these two players? It's a tricky question, I guys. don't think you can compare them to the best. I think you got to add Sam into the equation as well because, like, I think that gives them flexibility and that is the strength of their DPS line. But I don't think they're the best. But I think... I, I don't think they would... I don't think this DPS trio would ever get diffed by anyone. They could definitely lose out in a matchup, but I, I think they will be able to hold their own. Uh, I think Hydron has just continued to impress us. Uh, speedily, yes. we haven't seen his true power. And Sam, even on the shop, we didn't see that much Sam as well. So I, I mean, think this is really a, a year for them to prove themselves. You got Happy Pelican on the other side. You got Proper. You got Lip. Holy shit! I think I think I'm not. You know I'm not saying I don't give that... a fuck about Dallas. We're we're set. We're good, guys. <laughs> yeah. We got enough good players in our region. <laughs> we don't need them. You know, I, as as much as Toronto joke about the whole tracer situation. Cool, you got proper tracer, striker tracer, all, all the other teams. Kevster, uh, Kevster as well. It's like, bro. I mean, Yaki. Even come on. It's, it uh, is a disgusting prospect to go up against a lot of those players, but I, I I'm just wondering if we will see speedly's true power because i was a little bit disappointed like he came in he did all right but not as much as people kind of hyped him up to be because people are like holy shit this motherfucker's second coming of christ bro like a guy pushed that boulder out the way of that cave he's emerges and he's just some ripped like nine foot fucking <laughs> warlord and it it just didn't end up working out that way it just it, like i said he was all right it, it was pretty good he didn't like bomb out but can his true power be reached? What is his if, true power? He's like, exactly. He's what echo, is his right? true power? Within, what, what you need? <laughs> they better, they better be an echo man because I'm, I'm repeatedly told he's like the best echo in the world. So everyone's yeah, saying. Um, yeah. So, who said? I think. Oh man, who the fuck said it? Was it Kaluge? Maybe. Kaluge said it on an interview that he, yeah, he was he's better the than best, Fletter. Yeah, better than Fletter when it was an echo meta. When Fletter won MVP. Like ridiculous. There's a fucking skin. After not after Fletter, but like the Echo skin that year was because of like how influential Echo was, and that was just fucking that, that was absurd levels. And Kalu saying he was better than Fletter and Echo at that point in time, I'm like, God, God damn, like that's. But insane. I don't know how but good I don't want... know how good his other heroes is. Like, what else? Yeah. Sure, he's got this but Genji still, like, in there the, as well. Dude, that like, doesn't like, even fucking matter because people are still hyping it up and being like, you know, he's a fucking sicko mode like player. Like, oh my god, I can't wait to see him in the fucking Overwatch because he's gonna pound. But we just didn't really see that. I still have a lot of hope there that Speedy is gonna reach those high heights. But how high is that height when you have a ridiculous year of DPS players I'll, I'll put coming it this into way. the league? When proper came into the league, you know, like when you talk about what his strengths are, it's not like, man, this is one hero you gotta watch out for. It's like the whole roster is like, here's, here's like seven heroes he plays, all at the unbelievably S tier. But Speedly, you talk about the Echo, and I don't know what else is really there. I'm, I assume his Genji and stuff should be up to par. I know back in the day, uh, during Doom DPS metas, he was there as well for that, but like, what, it, it, uh, his other heroes, are there his other picks, is the rest of his kit really talked about on the same level? Because, okay, I'll give him benefit of the doubt. If it's an Echo meta, Defiant should be farming. Because that's Speedily's, that's his realm. Right? That's his territory. But if uh, 
we didn't really get an echo meta last year. I think we saw some echo played. I don't know if we're going to get an echo meta. But outside of that, do they have the firepower? Because Hydron's decent, but I, even if I had to ask you, gun to head, would you rather have Merit or Hydron? Would you rather have? I'd probably pick Merit. Merit or Hydron? Oh, yeah. Gun to I, mean, head. I think they're pretty I've, even on the Sojourn. I would probably Merit, one, Merit slightly. Probably Merit, yeah. I want to pick Hydron! Yeah, that's I a problem, really right? You want it, but you're going to pick Merit, is the problem. <sighs> no, I... I... Hydron had a good end I, to the oh yeah, season, I would pick Hydron Merit on this roster. Was great. That's the thing. I think I think okay, they're quite sure. equivalent. I meant in a vacuum. I meant I meant no, not in this. I meant in a vacuum. I'm adding context. No, 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 no. no, no, no. no. I, the I'm talking becomes, about a vacuum. What do you want, Hydron or Merit on Florida this year? I want Hydron. Okay, well we got one sure person. On? So I, I, then, I, I think Hydron has more flexibility. So so then you have then you have Sam as well, where like okay, the flex DPS. Talent out here is a little, a little rough. I think Sam's got to go up against you know the Pelicans, the Propers of the world. He's saying as well. It's like it's gonna be, it's gonna be tough out there. Speedly is like, he's 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 it. He's the dude that needs to at least on the DPS side. Like he's the guy that's got to make the difference. And all I really, all I ever hear about is the Echo. I don't really know what the what else is there to compete. Is the rest of his picks good enough to compete? Yeah, I, I, I. I wholeheartedly agree with Admiral. Like, I, if you ask me what Speedily's hero pool is right now, I couldn't tell you what it is. It's like, just it's Echo. It's, it's just everyone's talking about Echo. Well, and it's like one trick. I mean, no, no, he but he's not okay. on any projectile and I'd be like, that is, I'm in. He's not, but and that's no true. one ever says anything but about we, But heroes. we haven't seen that yet. Like, we haven't yeah. seen that in the league. So it's like hard to really like hype him up. We talked about Genji. I'm pretty sure Sam's the Genji player of this team. So it's like, well, we're not even no, going to really... No, 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 well, okay. no. Okay, well, if you say no, what Sam play, Sam play? Play? what is Sam on this team for? Then what is Sam, Sam in this team Speedily for? Speedily literally played Genji and Jotes for Atlanta. Yeah, but like, so, so what, what, where does Sam fit in this roster then? What I don't does know. Sam play? He was a <laughs> friend of the guys. You, you genuinely believe that Speedily is just better than Sam? On everything. On everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, not everything, but yeah, I'd, I'd pick Speedily over uh, Sam on most heroes. Yeah. Okay. That, like, well, I, th that, that, I think that's that, that's sort of the interesting thing of it's like that is I don't have. The, and here's the thing: is I don't have the answer to that either because Sam and Speedily, they both have similar hero pools. We've seen them hyped up. We've seen them have some good matches, but we haven't really seen either of them transition that actually into the league other than on their you know, signature heroes. So I don't really know how to feel about it. I'm curious to see who ends up being the Tracer guy because Collusion Sam said Speed was going to be on our podcast. But in the scrims, we saw Sam play. But, you know, it's just a shitty scrim. So I don't well, know. At the end of the day, no matter who it is, you're going up against like unbelievable god tier tracers like the, like the ones we listed. Yeah. You can be a good tracer, but there's a difference between a good tracer and like the top of the top tracers. Yeah, and, and I think that is what is... Level. Unless one of them can really pick it up, it is one thing that I think is really going to hurt them if we enter into hard tracer meta. Like that will like cap them at that five point of like they're going to really struggle to beat these other teams which have legendary tracers on their rosters. Because tracers just so impactful. It is. All right, guys. It's time. It's time to place the Toronto Defiant. It's actually interesting because I think it's we all look at them as a team full of potential and they could do fantastically well. But there are a few glaring this is issues. the easiest placing of all time. Is it? I think it's the easiest part yeah, is the Vegas. 
Wait, did you say Vegas? Are you putting them no, in No, I said it's as easy. Yeah, I did oh, say, I said Pedro Paris. I need to get that out of my fucking skull, by the way. God damn. If I'm casting this year, I'm going to get I'm going to get screwed by that shit. I think A makes the most sense to me as yeah. well. Like three of us It's going. a very easy placing, I think. Yeah, um, yeah I, I, I think so too. There are a easy few a. teams. There are a few teams that I want to put in B, but I yeah. think Toronto but I think Toronto slightly outweighs them into A. And I don't know. I am really hopeful about this roster, but I am also, you, you know, 20% of me is frightened that they might just <laughs> fall flat in a bad meta that, like, doesn't suit them. And they're like, shit, like, what do we do, guys? Um, but they feel like they have a lot of things going for them. Also, I'll say final thing. I don't root for a team, but I genuinely hope that this roster does well because holy shit, Toronto Defiant fans deserve it. They've been through so <laughs> much shit starting out with the the early rosters of Toronto Defiant in 2019, picking up like this Cariv Surefour Agilities thing in 2020. Mangachu. They were one of the bottom two teams like in the league. 2021, they got this absolute shit fest of... Uh, 2021, not so much, but 2022... Where like the whole Muse drama versus the coach was a KDG and just like, oh, they got rid of KDG. And then Muse gets benched on Winston in favor of Hotpa for the playoffs. Like it was just an absolute shit sandwich of a, you know, experience to be oh, part of this forget. team for the longest time. It's just been awful. So I hope that 2021 well. was the year that Logix got uh, left out of the Discord server. Logix got left out. Sado oh was God. chugging coke and playing with TC. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, that was that. That, was, that was good shit. <laughs> yeah. Magnitude is uh, the DPS coach as well. Just the DPS coach, which was uh, quite funny. Yeah, it's yeah. it's been a journey for Toronto Defiant fans and the management. And you know, yeah. they they generally tried to you know invest last year and try try to get a good team together. And so I I genuinely hope from the bottom <clears> of my heart that. They get some success this year because they deserve it. Yeah. They deserve it. They've tried so hard, and just it's been miserable. Well, they'll year, get so. success, but the problem is because there's only two tournaments. Can they really win either of them? One of the tournaments of the playoffs is is the problem because, like, I think if we had the four stage format, I could see them just finding the right men and winning a stage. But the the margin for error this season is just too a tight. Chance, you know, as much as the other there's, teams are there's super a stacked, there's like a you know, there's a fifteen percent chance that they like. You wouldn't, but you wouldn't say run. they're the favorites unless they're like you see them regular season. It's the perfect meta for them. I just think preseason yeah. you wouldn't consider them a favorite for, for for anything just yet, which is a way too early thing to say. But just based on only preseason roster power. Yeah, I mean they're you know definitely saying? like a dark horse to like win the pro am. I'm not saying they're favored, yeah. but they're like a dark horse pick to win a pro am for sure. That's right. There's a pro am. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So maybe three events then, including pro am. Yeah. So a chance. A. Uh, everyone seems pretty much to agree with A. Yeah. Um, Happy with A. In this one. Happy with that. Happy with that, indeed. Now, there was something that uh, you know it, it gets kind of muddied in the waters here because we're also we're trying to talk about news, but we're also trying to do team previews. Um, so we're trying to talk about news where we don't actually do a team preview. So, you know, we talked about Tangshow Spark and then we're doing a team preview on the Tangshow Spark. It gets hard because we don't want to say the same shit over and over again. But one thing that did happen that I guess we can just briefly touch on as well before we leave is that uh, Soul Infernal actually announced their roster as well. So, um, just now? We'll talk. Wait, did they? Just no, no, in the last oh, week. Right. Uh, oh, right, last week. So, you know, we'll, um, oh. we'll talk more at length about this roster, what we think about it in a team preview next week. 
um, because we're trying to keep it to three times a week. So we're not going to spill all the beans and just like all the takes, but some initial reactions to this roster. Uh, what do we think, guys? Yeah. Mag as their, their tank after his Boston and Washington stints. Skewed, find a place as one of the primary players now after being on the Gladiators and being a, you know, playing on the bench skewed. a bit. Fix back to the team and M3 incest. So three additions. Well, it's like, it, it's like there's not a huge amount to talk about because this team is pretty much the same team, except they now have Mag as their only tank and Skewed as their flex support. So it's like, yeah. Skewed we haven't seen as a primary flex support. I'm excited to see what he's going to be able to pull off. He was good for the Gladiators, but he primarily played Brig. And then Mag, bro, if this has got to be his last chance at like, if he doesn't do well this season, at some point you got to, he's got to look in. If he doesn't like, do well, he's the, the new OG. Yeah, he's the new yeah. OG if he doesn't work. Yeah, the new OG of like, he's this player that we've hyped up for so long and like everyone sort of talks about how mechanically graded he is, but he just cannot transition that to win. So I hope this team does well. I think they'll be solid in the APAC region, but... You know, it, it hasn't changed that well, much from really last Well, skewed is an upgrade to aim god, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Beyond that, is Mag an upgrade to Fury Bellas Rhea? To be seen. I think that's the TBA, right? That's, uh, yeah. that's the part we're not too sure I'm, about. Yeah. I, I'm willing to give Mag another chance, because only because I, I got some mad copium from watching him on Runaway, I know what his peaks are, I know what he's capable of, and I'm, you know, maybe I got that mad copium of like, oh, it's Washington's fault, Washington fucked him, whatever, so... Maybe now he's back in career, he can get back into form. Uh, but yeah, I, I think this is his last chance for sure. Yeah. I, I like the Mag signing as well. I think that's worth saying. I, I think it's a good player to take a gamble on. Mag? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I pretty much agree. I, I don't think you can like really read into a situation at Boston Uprising at all. Like I'm just like, well, that was a shit situation. The punk narrative had already started with Boston at that point. And so it was just destined to fail where he was like, oh, it's Mag who's coming from a team that had a bad reputation. And everyone wants to see Punk because everyone loves Punk and he's, you know, statistically winning maps. So it was a bad situation. But he has skill. I'm interested to see him in a team that's not the Washington Justice. And, you know, we'll see about Skew as well. But we'll talk more at length about Soul Inferno. Um, I think we can all agree that, you know, we all of us love MN3 Incest. So <laughs> there's not much more to talk about that. One of, at least one of my favorite damage duos in the league. So, yeah. um, hey, Johnny. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about the patch notes before we leave? I gotta hey, get food, bro. He's already got them out. I gotta get there food, man. Oh, there's not a lot of changes. Longer. I mean, there's, the not, there's nothing impactful, really. Like, the the okay, best change the... in this patch, scroll all the way fucking down. Sojourn got yeah. a hitbox change. Uh, the BAP one is the biggest one, uh, the Epic. most impactful one, I think. So. I thought you were going to say the top 500 leaderboard update. Oh, I no. mean, that's cool too, but... But yeah, uh, I'll just run it through quickly. So you can interrupt Terra Search with hack. Um, I don't know why. Cringe. <laughs> ah. Sombra, cringe. It's just, it's just to make it consistent for the Sombra stuff. That's yeah. it. Uh, okay, chain hook okay. cooldown reduced from 8 to 6 seconds, but it now starts when the ability ends instead of the start. So essentially the same freaking thing. Minefield arming time increased from 1 to 1.25 seconds, so it takes longer Dude. for the mines to activate when breaking ball uses his mines. Uh, I love this change. This Wait, the Zaya buff. You got to talk about the Zaya buff. The Zaya buff's the biggest one. The shared cooldown for particle barrier and projected barrier reduced from 11 to 10 seconds. Developer comment: Reduced. A previous change Reduced. decreased both barrier duration and increased the cooldown at the same time, lowering stars' effectiveness more than anticipated. This is a partial reversion to help level it out. Could be good. Sorry, is a fun Any more insight, Costa? Because it was so important. Well, it's like, I think it's like, I think it's one of the few changes that actually might affect the meta. People might actually start trying Zaya, and we know how strong Zaya was in the start of, you know, Overwatch 2 as a whole with the 
with the changes and they ended up nerfing her by changing her bubble so she lost survivability so this could actually impact her that's cool ash bob bob now prefers to shoot at enemy targets that ash damages with her rifle Amazing it's like tall does the same thing now which is cool because you get to focus down one person i like that instead yeah. of just randomly shooting shield we're not yeah. we might not ever have a bob off ever again where the yeah. bobs no! just sit and shoot each other. No, unless you just shoot the bob, unless Ash is just shoot the bobs. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if both Ash shoot the bobs, sure. But don't shoot bob. When's that ever going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> don't shoot bob. Yeah. Hanzo uh, is some more survivability because they think that he has high burst, but he still underperforms. So they're giving some more That's a 20% improvement. Not bad. That is right. Statistics. Uh, Blizzard ultimate cast time reduced from 0 0.5 to 0 0.4 seconds. A bit of a buff to me. Uh, 0.1 seconds to be fair. Farah jump jet Pretty movement is one. now influenced by directional input. So if you move backwards, you won't like propel forwards when you use the jump jet. So yeah, small little change. And sojourn torso hit volume Thank by God with, for that increased yeah. by twenty percent. She's the way her strafe hitbox moves because she like leans from side to side. It is one of the harder hitboxes. Um. From a DPS standpoint to hit, like holy, fuck. especially when like crouch AD spamming, it's like yeah, impossible oh, it's to hit disgusting. So yeah, uh, honestly good. That's just so stupid. Yep. And this finally, Baptiste one is crazy. Finally, yeah. immortality field minimum health threshold increased from ten to twenty five percent, meaning good. that when you stand in the immortality field, your minimum health you could have is twenty five percent of your max HP. So yeah, just, if you are a 200 health, you know, damage player, you have 50 health now in the immortality field until it goes which down. Which is, I like, I can't stress how important that is. One of the things that made immortality quite nerfed is that when it broke, you would just die, right? Or when you got pushed out of it, you would just die. Now, <clears throat> 200 HPs have 50% minimum health. Any tank who is one health will now instantly pop up to over 100 health. Like this change... Baptiste is already dumb strong. I think this change will make Baptiste meta in the Overwatch League. I'm, this, I'm calling this it is, now. This is a more impactful change than the Zarya one, right? Yeah, 100%. I think so. This is an insane Okay, so, so Scott lied earlier because you said the Zarya. Because they'll be lower than 50%. You get that extra healing too from a shift. So yeah. the tank is like full HP. It, I mean, it, yeah. It's crazy. If you just make, like do the math that you're like... It, it, it gives like hundreds of more health to your team. Like if they're yeah. in the immortality. I mean, what what comps is this helping? This is helping the Sigma double flex no, comps. Is helping no, the Ryan uh, comp? Yes, uh, yes, and Ryan. Like I think it's going to be Sigma and Ryan comps. After seeing this, what we've already Ram seen comps? people. We've already Does seen. Get no, played in it? Ryan loses. Uh, I think Ryan beats Ram these days uh, because okay. of the changes to his ult. Of the ult. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But I think we've already started to see people play a lot of Ryan, like Ryan Lucio Bap in like the open for the pro am already. Yeah. I think this is only going to make it stronger. And I think we're going to see Baptiste uh, rush going to out. That's my That prediction. is a good thing. That is a good. I had someone come to my Twitch chat the other day and I was like, oh, hey, what's, uh, what's the Overwatch League meta? Like, I don't fucking know, but I hope it's not something fucking boring. And this is it, dude. Like, if it's a Ryan meta, fucking sick. We are, I really hope we don't end up what uh, happened last year throughout like the season. Because we had the JQ meta, it got so fucking boring. Um, I'm really hoping we start off strong with like a good solid fucking ryan meta which actually to be fair last year we did start off with a good meta it was very fun with zarya um so if we start off with a ryan this year i'm all for it even if it's with bap immortality field is a little bit like eh, sometimes you know it's a bit frustrating but clutch lamps are are cool to see too the clutch lamps uh saving people so 
dude i be cool. I, I i think i'm i think i've been vaccinated against bad metas i i watched that 2018 <laughs> stage one finals yesterday and it was like orisa diva Junkrat, mercy with double rest and valk and they're just like hitting corners and just like yeah, double rest that? divas oh, and orisas and just get the team alive it was so fucking bad dude i i i don't care what the meta is this upcoming season it could be whatever meta but it was not as bad as that dude. meta that mad and there are still so people there are still people on the fucking timeline i'm talking to you content creators you know who the fuck you are saying 6v6 was good dude what do you want to go back to triple like fucking double shield with bastion do you remember that fucking shock screenshot on top of gibraltar the spaceship in the second fucking point with a bap window one shield two shields yeah can't wait to play that bro it's gonna be so much fun Woo! let's go baby Shut the fuck up. 6v6 was a joke. <laughs> 5v5 is here to stay. Fuck yeah. Whoa. I agree with everything that Whoa. was. Dude. Fair enough. Also, the meta's really good right now. Like, just straight up, it's I think so the meta fun. is actually quite good. Like, I was wondering, like, we were spitballing yesterday, like, what we wanted in the patch notes. There wasn't a lot I wanted. Like, honestly, it's pretty good. I want Kiriko changes, but, you know, they're not going to fuck with it. I think the meta's actually quite good, and I think we're in for a treat in the first season of Al, unless... Ryan Rush just like takes over everything, but I don't think it will. I just think it'll be strong. I think it will. That's just that's just how the hive mind works. They're like, yeah, guys, the bat prime thing. The ball. Holy ball wins. Oh, wow, that's hopium. That's hopium right there. All right. Uh, Brent's player of the week, guys. And let's wrap this up before it's a three-hour episode because it's totally not that already. It's oh, a two-hour fifty-four. Brent's player of the week. Close. Brent's player of the week. Quick, and in five minutes. Who, uh, what have we got? Who's, who's getting Brands for the Week? I have no idea, to be honest with you. I, I mean, um, you could give it to, like, Roston for shitting on Dynasty, or bantering, rather. <laughs> that but, was a very funny tweet, to be fair. It was pretty funny. We care more than the Dynasty. It was, like, yeah. the Seoul Korea tweet as well. Um, Let's give it to One Punch Man. Give it to anime. The people who brought us One Punch Man. Give it to One Punch Man. <laughs> it to One Punch Man the, the entire anime. It, Can all we give anime. it to Chengdu for failing so that Hongzhou Spark could run? Fuck it. Yeah, that's funny. That's good. Now we all are officially good, getting shy players. leave. You know? Why don't you like, just give yeah. it to Hongzhou Spark then? I don't know. Okay, you're right. I'd be down for that. Yeah, they get, we get leave shy. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not convinced, guys. I'm not convinced, okay. guys. Did well, a scientist oh, do on. anything this past week? What the yeah, fuck? I, I don't know. Has the scientific community been uh, been cooking anything? There was a there was a huge uh, shit. I don't know the scientific. We word could give it, it to Fernando Alonso. Oh, dude. Yeah, I was gonna say Fernando give it to Fernando Alonso. Alonso. We're giving it to yeah, Fernando we're Alonso. We're getting top three. Age forty-two. The veteran. Holy shit, man! It, it's full, this episode full fucking circle. We start what? off with F one, we end with F one. Yeah. He, get, he gets driver of the day and Albrecht's play of the week. Come on, what a, what a, what a, that's when you know he's peaked. What a journey! What, one of one of the best drivers ever. Forty-two years of age, get his 99th podium. I think it was. Yeah. Absolute legend of the sport. There you go. That's a brand quite for you. Legend of the sport, Fernando Alonso, Brent's player of the week. Uh, amazing. Right. Next week we'll be continuing and do three more team previews, including the Soul Infernal. So calm down, Infernal fans. I see you in the chat. Um, yeah. Yeah, I see. I see you. And uh, two more teams. Maybe we'll do Hangzhou and uh, someone else. It'll be a good time. Uh, tune in next week and hopefully no bad news. Just good news from now on. Good news for the rest of the year. And, yes. It's going to happen. I believe. Take care, everyone. I will see you next week.